Fireworks already. Once again. And welcome back, everyone. It is episode 78 of Thirst and Goal. Ben is right across the table from me. I am fronting. And uh, Sonia, I don't think she's going to join us tonight. But Ben, we did a little bit of pre-gaming before the show. Yes, indeed. There have been some fireworks still going off this evening. Once again, it's only one week away from the 4th of July, so it's no surprise it was a surprise that they were going off in April, uh, but that's just the way it is, I guess. Um, but Ben, how's he doing? I am good. <laughs> I am wonderful. Yeah, if, if folks out there, if you think that California is nothing but a bunch of fuzzy-headed liberals, uh, come out to Los Angeles, especially to the San Fernando Valley, and you will find uh, fireworks for the entire month of yeah. June being lit off in people's backyards. Quite Not a good show. Progr- Quite a good show right yeah, there in the front yard. Yeah, it was a pretty good show. <laughs> but they take their fireworks very seriously out here. And uh, we have a couple of dogs in the house that are not particularly enamored with the fireworks. So you'll have to forgive me if I stumble over my words a little bit tonight. I haven't been getting the best sleep uh, since the fireworks started. We have one dog in particular that likes to crawl up on top of our heads until the fireworks stop. And he's not light. He's yeah, not a light dude. He's not a light little man. So, uh, Franny, how was your week this week? It was all right, Ben. It was okay. You know, actually, uh, the beginning of the week was, it, it seemed like it flew by, middle sort of dragged. And, uh, well, today I was off. So that's a good thing. Today I was off. Uh, you know, last couple of Saturdays I worked. So, uh, that was good. It's good to get that Saturday off those two days in a row, you know, get a little bit of, uh, extra rest. So you'll in. be refreshed tonight. I you hope won't be so. I dropping hope so. off at the uh, end of the podcast. It depends. I mean, I, you know, I noticed, uh, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott are on the agenda tonight. Of course. Of course. And per hour drinking game, I may have to take a little bit of uh, a couple of extra shots actually uh, tonight, but uh, Ben, how was your week? Uh, pretty good, actually. This week was not bad. Uh, you know, work was what it was. Uh, not bad, uh, but it was you know lack of sleep from you know a couple nights early in the week. There was a fireworks show going on until about one o'clock in the morning, so <laughs> we didn't get a lot of sleep. Getting up at six in the morning, got a couple nights where the fireworks stopped at a reasonable time. Uh, but it, I don't think that's going to happen in the next week and a half or so yeah, as we nope. lead up to the fourth. It'll probably be every single night between now and then. Franny, what are you drinking over there? Uh, tonight, Ben, I have some Coke and Redemption Rye. And actually, it is, it is pretty good. I like that I, Redemption I, I, Rye. I actually do it's like it. I forgot what I was drinking last week. Uh, it was at the old Forester. I can't really remember, but this rye with Coke does taste better. What about you, Ben? I think it was the Rittenhouse or maybe the Templeton. I can't remember which. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember, but this the, the Redemption definitely does taste better with the Coke. I'm very happy with the next Yeah, that beverage. was one of the first rise, I, I think, think so. that we yeah. tasted and almost polished off, or polished off a pretty good chunk yeah. of that bottle. Oh, it's right there. It's right on the table right there. Yeah, so I might, is... I might kill that bottle tonight. Looks like there's a little more left in there, so I I, I think I can manage that I think so. on tonight's episode. And this is Thirstigal, a show about Football, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Franny, what is on the... Oh, what am I but drinking What are you tonight? drinking, though, Ben? What are you drinking? You're asking me, but what about you? And hopefully... There's that bee. Is that a bee? Is that a bee? No, that's that's a June bug right yeah, there. Yeah, I did but, get stung by a bee yeah. on the podcast. It almost got stung by a bee Last on the week. podcast 
last week. Uh, there's a theme this summer, uh, given the, you know, the semi quarantine that we're all going through, or a lot of us are going through. I, I hate it when people say we're all going through it because there's a, a lot of essential workers out there, uh, doing the jobs that we need them to do. So we're not all in quarantine. Uh, but the theme for Ben this summer is old school. So I am drinking a little bit of Tangeray and tonic. Ooh, the Tangeray. The simplest of all gin and tonics, uh, next to potentially the Gordons, which is terrible. I'm not going to go that low. <laughs> but tank, Tangeray is, it's, it's not that bad, is it? It's I mean, not I, that I bad. know it's very common. I mean, it's, it's everywhere, basically. Are, are you happy with? The basic tank ray. I like it. I like I it. I that, prefer the aviation. Uh, I forget or, what the June was. A June, uh, June or Jupiter ride that you had. That one was the uh, yeah the moons of. I think it was the moons of uh, Copper and Kings. Yeah, Copper and Kings Brandy Company down in Kentucky makes some pretty good gin. Had the aviation gin as well. And the Catoctin Creek was not bad. Mm-hmm. That's uh, right. You had that one as well. Yeah. But Tangeray, you know, it's it's as basic as it gets. I mean, it's a killing one step bottles, below. Killing bottles left and right, exactly. Ben. I mean, it's always a new bottle of gin every single night or every and, single Saturday night. <laughs> that, <laughs> I don't know if you're drinking every night. I definitely but. wouldn't be working out if I was drinking a full <laughs> bottle of gin every week. Uh, the... The uh, I'm also later on in the podcast I will be drinking uh, oh, the beer yeah. that the first beer that I stole from my job <laughs> at the beer uh, distributorship that I worked at when I was 14 and 15 uh, <laughs> years old back in the day Foster's oil cans the 25.4 ounce big boy can yep. uh, drinking a little Foster's which and is essentially week. Australian's Miller <laughs> uh, yeah last week that's what you were drinking Ben you were drinking the the Miller the Miller. Uh, which I have, I never had before in my life, and I did try it last week. I wasn't and happy with it. Uh, and you know, I'll, I'll maybe try a little bit of the Fosters because I've never. I mean, it's a common beer. You know, it's on all the shelves, but it's also something that I've never tried. I've never tried a Fosters. It's a Australian good, for beer. Yeah, the reason we the reason we uh, left it out back to come back on our bicycles and get later when I had that job back in the day was because you got a lot of bang for your buck. You know, you take four or five cans it of is, that. You know, you have twenty five ounces it's a large plus can. in each can. So rather than taking six packs, we would just take a bag of Fosters oil can run to the woods uh and drink a little bit of fosters in the woods uh Friday, what is up on our agenda tonight tonight ben on the big board uh we have our nfl news we have also have a, a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there we also have our promo for one of our fellow podcasters is it just one yeah, just, I'm one guessing it's just one. And we also have our tag team news, our Thurston Goal news, my Eagles, Ben Steelers, Sonya's Seahawks. We also have the feel good story as usual. I think that's a fan favorite right there, Ben. I hope so. I don't I know about so. that. But anyways, we also have our, like, no, we shot, want controversy. our shot of the week, which we haven't named, but we'll come up with a name before the end of the podcast. We also have our beverage of the week, which is, uh, from Shibas and it is their Japanese-inspired Mizunara offering. We also have our beer, which is not the Fosters. It's actually a Rattler. It's an, Aust- it's an Austrian uh, beer. So we have an Australian and an Austrian like uh, beer uh, tonight, Ben. And you were talking about the Rattler last week, and I saw that on the shelf. I'm like, you know what? Ben was talking about it last week on the podcast. I got to get a Rattler. Thank this you This is so a Rattler. Much. And uh, we also have our housekeeping to finish up. The night. Yeah, I mean, it was so refreshing. 
Uh, last year when we were in Vienna, we went to a little bit of a film festival. We just stumbled upon a film film festival in Vienna, and they had their Ota Klinger brand beer, and they had a Rattler that was really, really refreshing. And sweet. I remember it being sweet. sweet. I wasn't a huge fan of it being that sweet. We'll see how this one is tonight. Hopefully not as sweet. I think yeah. it was warm that night. Maybe I'm wrong. It was It was warm. It was, it was a warm yeah. night in... in, in in Vienna, but I mean, it was it was a sweet yeah. beer off the tap, maybe because it was up. Maybe it was, if it was in a bottle, maybe it would have been a different flavor. But uh, you know, hopefully this one is is just as refreshing, but maybe not as sweet. Ah, hopefully, all we'll see. right. First up, NFL news. This was a busy, busy week for the Cowboys. Dak Prescott right. put pen to paper on his exact or exclusive franchise tag this week. The Dallas Cowboys quarterback signed the one-year tender worth $31.4 million on Monday. Uh, the move was expected after the team's virtual offseason ended if Prescott planned to hold out beyond the spring program, which the QB eschewed, he wouldn't have signed the tender. Uh, the signing means Prescott will attend Mike McCarthy's first training camp in Dallas. Both sides have until July 15th, just two and a half short weeks from now to work out a long-term contract, or Prescott will play 2020 on the franchise tag. The Cowboys could use the tag again on him next year if a multi-year pact isn't reached. Franny, what say you? I didn't expect it's a big it. Deal. I didn't expect it. I, I, expect them to, I expect them to sign a contract by this time. Uh, and I, I've mentioned the last few podcasts before Jay five Glazer, weeks. We've, we've been talking on? about it for uh, for quite a few weeks. And it's, you know, it, it's, Schechter, it's one, of the, on? one of the main storylines in the league. Uh, and so it's fun to talk about it because, uh, I mean, it is a very important position for one of the premier football teams in the league. Uh, and, you know, I, I never really believe that Dak Prescott was worth more than $25 million. So I think $31 million is a pretty good chunk of change for him. Uh, next year, if he does sign the franchise tag, which I doubt he would do two years in a row, would it be what, like 35, it would be huge 36? next year. Close, yeah, closer, closer to 40, to 40. Million. Yeah, closer to $40 million. That's what he's looking for. I would expect the contract to be signed you know, sometime within the season because I don't see this playing out beyond then. And if it does, it might get into his head a little bit and into the way he performs forms throughout the season because if he gets injured let's say then who knows what no happens no contract for yeah, you exactly no soup for exactly you. but what do you think ben uh you know if all of the reporting is true this is a formality that will lead to uh, the signing of a long-term contract between now and the 15th that's what adam schefter is reporting that's what jay clazer is allegedly reporting uh, if that's not the case if that is not, in fact, the case, I don't know why uh, Dak Prescott would give up any and all of the leverage that he has by signing this franchise tender. Uh, he could then again negotiate a deal. Uh, I, I don't know. At the beginning of the season, there is a date. He can't negotiate between that after the 15th and a certain date, but he could negotiate a, a long term. Actually, no, I think he has to play on the tag. Yeah, he has to play on the tag if he doesn't sign a deal by the 15th. So, you know, he did have some leverage between now and the 15th. He could have waited until, you know, the 13th, the 14th to sign that that tender if that was the last resort. You know, I, I still tend to think they are going to get a deal done. Uh, Jerry Jones is not the kind of person who doesn't throw good money after bad. So he <laughs> will. Maybe you need a shot. Yeah, maybe I need a shot. But he will. I mean, he's going to sign him, you know, somewhere around 35, 36 
million dollars a year, which is too much over probably four years because Dak doesn't which want is too a long term deal. And he'll probably and I don't, get that's 100, thing. $120 million guaranteed to that money. It seems like they almost had something in place for a five-year deal. I mean, it, He it, says it, he doesn't want a five-year deal. I don't deal. understand one that. more big contract. But you take the big contract when it's there for the signing. Because Shit, I would sign been, the tag this year and next year and quit. Yeah, well, that's what Kirk Cousins sort of did You know, in, in his time in with the Redskins. I mean, he made a ton of money. And, you know, you, you, Ben, always say that I have this love for these mediocre quarterbacks. And I think Kirk well, Cousins you do is have a decent. A I think significant he's a, amount of love for mediocre you know, for the quarterbacks. Case, the Case Keenums of the world and, you know, the Kirk Cousins of the world. The Andy uh, Dalton of the world. And, uh, yeah, the Andy Ryan's Dalton. Of the world. Yeah. Actually, Matt Ryan's better than them. All right. Matt Ryan is, he's, he's, he's an elite level quarterback and he's proven it. All right. Yeah. He has proven it. He's proven that he can go four and 12. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it happens. That sort of thing just happens. Not to Tom Brady, it doesn't. Well, the the coaching, not to Aaron Rodgers, it the doesn't. coaching is a little different. Um, but uh, now I lost my train of thought. Where was I with these guys? Uh, but with Kirk Cousins, I never agreed with the huge deals that he was signing. At least not the huge deals, but the the large uh, sort of franchise tags. Because I never, I never believed that he was worth that much money. Um, you know, for the Redskins, I think it would have been smart to maybe try to get him on a contract for around the amount of money that he was actually signing those franchise tags for, because they would actually, uh, you know be a little more comfortable in the position at the, at the QB position than they are now. But for Dak Prescott, if he does, you know, happen to play on the franchise tag next year, you know, 31 this year, close to 40 next year, that's 70 million in two years. That's also a pretty good chunk of change right oh, there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I tend to think they're going to get a deal done between now and the 15th. Uh, four years, you know, four years, $150 million, give or take, probably well over 100 in guaranteed money. That would be my... Yeah. Best guess, I don't know. It, uh, because that's what he wants. He wants another contract. I just want to hear four I years. Wonder, so he can get another five-year, six-year contract after that. I wonder, and, and maybe you should post this on 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 Twitter, Ben. What do Cowboys fans think? What do other fans? Oh, do I, they, I know a lot of Cowboys. What fans. do they, they think, think? That Dak Prescott walks on water and turns water See, into wine ones, and parts the Red Sea. Not the ones that I know. Not well, you, the ones you, that work. You, obviously, you know some smart Cowboy <laughs> fans, of which there are few. You know, they they don't think he's really worth that large of a contract, and I'm on board with them. You know, I, you know that. Forty million dollars. I mean, Jesus Christ. That, that's the majority of 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 your uh, of what's available to you. I mean, what what, what is it now? One hundred ninety eight million. One hundred ninety eight million. One guy making forty million dollars, and he's not even worth it. I mean, a lot. Of, I mean, the ones that I know are smart, and they think that that is too much. But Ben, it seems like you know some other Cowboys fans. But I think you should maybe post well, this on Twitter. Well, because they feel like they got this aggrievement syndrome. You, you they should, feel like he's being he's being aggrieved. He's being put upon <laughs> by the Cowboys not bowing down and giving him the money that he deserves after playing for so many years on his rookie contract. They just believe that he deserves this money. I don't know why he deserves this money. He doesn't. He hasn't done anything to earn it. Yeah, because if know. I were the coach of the of the Dallas Cowboys, I would say this. Playoffs? We'll talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. That should be the Cowboys' mantra going into this season. Eight and eight last year. Year before that, what were they? Nine and seven the year before uh, that. I think they were. Well, no, I, think they were I think they were about ten and six or eleven and five, even when they should not have beaten the Seahawks, but they did. Yeah. But um. But if you're the sixth or seventh or eighth ranked quarterback in the league, allegedly. Uh, I just don't buy the wins and losses, not with the team that they have, not with the running game that they have, not with the offensive line that they have, not with the receivers that yeah, they have. He's had all the tools Not with the there. defense that they have. They have underperformed, and that is, as far as, I'm, as far as I am concerned, the measure of a quarterback is wins and losses on a good team, and he has a good team, and he can't put together the Ws. Yeah, I, but I think you should pose the question on Twitter, is Dak Prescott worth A, 
20 to 25, B, 26 to 30, C, 31 to 35, or D, 36 to 40. And see, see, see what right. range people think Dak Prescott is worth. I don't think he's worth more than 25. And I think that is generous. Yeah, I mean, we could post it uh, tonight or, or in the morning. I'll definitely post that on Twitter. But you can see what happened to the Rams. I mean, you can see what the Rams went and gave a very mediocre quarterback a shit ton of money. And now their salary cap, they're jammed up right against the salary cap because of some other contracts that they signed as well. Oh, sorry. We have a, a family member saying goodbye to us here from inside the house. <laughs> Uh, over here to help Sonia out with the dogs as yeah. they jump on top of her head. Uh, but you got to be careful with these contracts. Uh, the Patriots were able to ride with Tom Brady for a lot of years without a huge hit on the contract on the salary cap. Uh, Steelers just you know recently signed a couple contract with Ben Roethlisberger that really pushed them up against the cap, and they've had to be very creative with their signings as well as their draft picks. You know, it really can hamstring a franchise, especially one that's not particularly well run like the Cowboys or the Packers, where they're not particularly well run in the front office. So, you know, if you're a Redskins fan, if you're an Eagle fan, if you are a Giants fan, you definitely want them to give Dak oh, Prescott yeah. a $200 million deal over Every five years. Year. <laughs> Every year. I mean, I, I, I hope they do. I just don't think it's a smart decision for them but hey but if they feel J- otherwise then that's that's their problem jerry no, doesn't not make mine, bad but, decisions yeah but I, I just wonder what you know the rest of the league or what what the rest of the fans believe he is worth yeah i'd be in, i'd be interested as well uh no one you know everyone that listens to the podcast or folks that listen to the podcast should know I don't, i'm not a big fan of jerry jones nope. i think he got lucky in how he made his money i think he got lucky <laughs> in that the cowboys were for sale at a bargain basement price when he was able to buy the team and I think he got lucky in, you know, drafting Dak Prescott, a pretty, you know, above average quarterback to have him for five years on the team. I just think he's, he, they're not particularly well run. Steven Jones, I think, is a little bit more competent than Jarrah. Uh, but, you know, Cowboys fans being what they are, they want a franchise quarterback and they think Dak is that guy for some reason. So they will probably sign him long term. All right, I, you I need to say, take a shot. You said what, a lot what of did nasty. I say? I didn't say he doesn't nasty. deserve the money. He there's a know. lot of guys in the league that don't deserve money. Well, yeah, but this is a cowboy. You got to <laughs> take a shot. It's a cowboy. All right. All right, I'll take one. Uh, I already poured it for you too because I figured oh, you might also want one, Ben. And we are drinking the Southern Comfort Lime. This is sort of a punishment shot. It's the drinking game that we have on the show. If I say anything about the Cowboys, negative about the Cowboys, or anybody in my division, basically, which is the NFC East, if Ben says anything about any team in his division, which is the AFC North. All right, thank you, Ben. You didn't. You weren't following along last week, but Sorry. you, you caught on. <laughs> got on that better time. this week. And then uh, if Sonia says anything uh, negative about uh, any team in her division, which is the NFC West, then she takes a shot. So I guess Ben feels that I said some negative things you about did. Nick Prescott. I you did. So you want the Cowboys to lose <laughs> by course. giving all the money on of the salary course. cap to Dak Prescott. So let's do the shot. Shame. <laughs> <Huh>. Shame. <laughs> Cheers. Here we go. Shame. Shame. Hmm. Shame. Huh. Hmm. Oh, That's not, not a very... I mean, it's, You don't it, like it, do you? I kind of like it. It's growing on me. It's worse when it's warm. Uh, it's, it's, it's fairly warm yeah. outside right now. So, I mean, if, I'm sure if it was chilled last week, it was a little chillier outside. Uh, tonight, it's a little bit warmer. That doesn't taste as good going down, but that's what it's supposed to be. It's a drinking it's game. It's supposed to be, to be a, a punishment. punishment. But, you know... 
I'll probably say something negative again because and I coming smell up on the agenda. Do you smell what Zeke is cooking? Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott is at it again. A pool cleaner claims that she required surgery and will likely be scarred for life after Ezekiel Elliott's dogs violently attacked her allegedly in March, and now she's suing the NFL star, according to TMZ. But Zeke's attorney tells the NFL tells us that the NFL star adamantly denies wrongdoing, and now he's digging in for a legal war. It's all spelled out in new court documents obtained by TMZ, in which a woman says she went to clean Elliot's pool at his at his home in Frisco, Texas, on March 11th, when she was ambushed by his three dogs, a Rottweiler and two bulldogs. In the documents obtained, the woman claims the Rottweiler bit her arm, dragged her before the two bulldogs began attacking her legs. I mean, can you believe that? If that's true, that is some that is some crazy, crazy shit right there. Uh-huh. Uh, the woman says the dogs bit her multiple times, and after she was able to finally free herself from the animal, she went straight to the emergency room in immense pain. What say you? Did you happen to see any of the photographs of her mangled, alleged uh, mangled I did, arm? I, did you? I, I, I did. They look pretty bad. If it's true, they look pretty bad. I mean, it was a nice gash where, you know, I don't know if you've ever had stitches where you could see, you know, the fatty tissue and the, you know, the, the meat below the skin. I mean, it was, it was, it was a really intense gash and some really intense bruising if it was true. If it's true. And that's the whole, that's the whole thing. I mean, if, if, Zeke is willing to dig in and fight this, then you're not sure exactly what happened because a lot of uh, wealthy athletes or anybody that's rich in general is just willing to you know pay somebody off so that the media doesn't hear about it at all. But if he's willing to go out there and get a lawyer and fight this, then I'm not sure if her claims are Correct. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I'm sure he's. He, I'm sure in he has a very large house and he has a lot of cameras over there. So I'm. I'm, I'm sure he, there's something caught on video, most likely. Um, but uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to say anything negative about Zeke. You know, I'm, I'm going to let oh, this thing play Lord out. In heaven. I'm going to let this whole thing play out in court and see what happens. Uh, you know, this is her story, but there's two sides to every story. His story might be a little different, so we'll see what happens. But he, yeah. he might end up just, you know, paying her off eventually. But if he's, you know, whenever whenever somebody gets a lawyer of, of their own and wants to fight it, then you know, there's, that's a little, a little squirrely, little suspicious. Yeah, she's asking for about two hundred thousand dollars, up to a million dollars in damages. Uh, she did attempt to settle this out of court uh, between March and just recently. So, looks like Zeke had the opportunity to settle it out of court felt that he wasn't completely to blame mm-hmm. in this incident or I mean assuming the incident is true uh, so we'll see where it goes uh, but the gashes looked pretty bad uh, I learned a lot from researching because, this particular story yeah. what if I mean what if the dogs I mean what if she was you know on his property at a time when he didn't expect her to be there and the dogs weren't locked up and then they attacked her when she wasn't supposed to be there so I mean we don't know what the whole story is exactly I mean it's 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 terrible to be attacked by any any dog um, but if you're on his property I'm saying in a time that he didn't expect you to be there then you're sort of trespassing I'm not sure exactly what happened but that's or, a possibility you know, or she has a key to clean the pool yeah. and she came at as you said she came at 9am mm-hmm. when he expected her about 1pm and his plan was to lock the dogs up before 1pm you know who knows yeah uh, but I did I mean I, the dogs have their own Instagram page oh really Zeke clearly loves his two bulldogs and his Rottweiler they, oh, well, they yeah. appeared on his I watched a video we love dogs of him introducing the dogs to 
Uh, might have been ESPN. I can't remember. I think it might have been ESPN, but he did a uh, you know a Zoom with ESPN. Introduced the dogs, kissed the dogs, had the dogs on his lap. They all look fairly friendly. friendly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that the time bulldogs is- especially. I don't know if bulldogs. I mean, they they're not a vicious breed as far as I know, and they're pretty small. I mean, they have giant heads, but yeah. I, mean, I assume you could stomp a bulldog pretty easy. But <laughs> a Rottweiler, a Rottweiler does have the strongest bite of any uh, domesticated dog. So if they get a hold of you, it could get pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see where this goes. But I know Zeke loves his dogs. They have their own Instagram page. He has lots of photographs of his dogs there. Uh, Dak Prescott had an issue with his dog. I believe it was last year. Had to take the dog out of the county. The dog had to leave the county because he had a run in with... Uh, some people as well. So, so uh, Dak Prescott actually lost at least one of his dogs, I believe. Hmm. Uh, so we'll see where this goes, but it's just nothing but drama for the Cowboys week in and week out. But we're dog lovers on this podcast, so we wanted to put that story out there because if the woman turns out to be lying or turns out that you know they're they're trying to you know take advantage of of Zeke and his dogs, we will be equally upset. Uh, at the woman as as we would be at Zeke mm-hmm. if he's responsible for this. Uh, so Zeke does a lot of really dumb shit, but this doesn't appear to be one of those things. Well, uh, I happens. think it's more well, likely that Frane's scenario is correct. Otherwise, they would have settled it out of court mm-hmm. months ago. Yeah, you know, if someone, you know, if my dogs bite someone. You know, if I can get out of it, especially if it's on your property. I mean, I can yeah. understand if they got loose. And they attacked her somewhere out on the street. That's a whole different story. Um, but if it's on his property, you know, the, who knows exactly what happened, really? Yeah, and if we're talking about homeowners insurance, and you're, you know, you're not a particularly wealthy person, you're going to have to wait and see what the homeowners insurance company's attorneys want to do. But if you're independently wealthy, like Zeke is, probably could have settled this out of court a couple months ago. Also signed a huge put it contract. Behind him. Yeah, also signed <laughs> a huge contract. Maybe he's feeding his dogs, spooning the food into their <laughs> mouths. Too quickly, uh, too much raw meat, maybe, for these dogs, uh, because he probably feeds his dogs in the same way he wants them all. Uh, next up, Tom Brady in the news again. Tom Brady didn't waste any time ribbing Rob Gronkowski as the tight end showed off his muscles in Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New Jersey. He looked good. Actually, yeah, he looked, he I did. mean, because he was skinny yeah. in the offseason. Ben, whatever he's doing, you should do because you've been working out lately. Yeah. Do what Gronkowski's doing. <laughs> do, all I have to do is quit my job and have eight hours a day Ex- to work out. Exactly. That's all you have to do. <laughs> so Brady uh, commented on, I believe it was on Twitter and on Instagram with the hashtag skinny gronk. I com- commented alongside a crying, laughing emojis on the Bucks Instagram showcasing Gronkowski. Some NFL pundits have been wary of Gronkowski's body weight since he unretired this offseason to join Brady and the Bucks. The 31-year-old was around 260 pounds during his nine seasons with the Pats. Gronkowski, Gronkowski said last March that improving his body was one of the reasons for retiring, and he dropped to his light as 240, which doesn't seem like that that big of a drop. Uh, My lowest I got to was 240, and it felt good, Gronkowski told CBS Sports in May. I've been above 260 pounds basically my entire life, (coughs) excuse me, since high school, since my senior year of school, the end of my senior year, I was 260. I've never been under 260 since then, so it felt good just to drop the weight. Ease up on my joints, let my body, you know, free itself. I kind of felt like the weight was bloated weight, too. I'm not sure what that means. So it felt good to get rid of it, and now it's time to pack it back on. You know, putting lean muscle on my body and get ready for an NFL season like I've never had before. 
It's a different way, different type of training style I'm doing. Oh, is he on the TB12? <laughs> I'm just about 257 pounds right now. He said, everyone thinks I'm like 240, 230, but I'm basically four four more protein shakes away from being at my playing weight. That's the secret so, right there. So I'm excited about that, and I'll definitely be at my weight when it's time to go. I'll be around 260 to 265 when it's time to roll. But it looks like he'll be much, much leaner. What say you about Grunk? I know you saw him. Yeah. What do you think about you know I mean, the difference his, between what his, he looked biceps, like when he left the Patriots and what he looks like now. He didn't really have biceps this this off season. Uh, you know he looked a little squishy, but uh, you know when he was he was flexing his biceps in that picture that I saw, and he's looking like the old Gronkowski, and he wasn't wearing that sleeve. That sort of uh, uh, oh the baseball sleeve that, that that sleeve with like the it was almost like the, um, the brace the it was like it was yeah, it was a brace that was it was a pretty thick brace that he was yeah. wearing for for quite a while throughout the the latter part of his career there um, but he looks good he looks he looks way better he was back in football mm. shape and that, that that didn't take too long for him to get through that yeah and I and I, this I love this because as people have listened before I am rooting for the Buccaneers this season now that they've left. Brady and Gronkowski have left the AFC. I'm rooting for the Buccaneers to, to, you know, to have a great season given all of the talent that they have on that team. And it's heartening to see that the good, lighthearted ribbing, uh, that, you know, took place a lot between Gronkowski and Brady over the years is back. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's been a lot of footage of Brady and Gronkowski walking through airports after playoff wins, playoff losses. It seems uh, like so those two seem pretty tight. A good relationship. I mean, they yeah. have a good relationship off the field, and it translate it translates on the field as well. Because I mean, it seems like Tom Brady knows exactly where he's going to be, and uh, for the, for the Bucks, that is very promising, especially with the receivers that are, they already have, and yeah. you add Gronk to the mix. Godwin, uh, Evans, and the that, tight ends that they already tight end that they already have. Oh my. Yeah. It could be ugly down I there. I know. Uh, it's going to be fun it, to watch. It's going to be fun to watch that division. And it'll bring this some year. more personality. Mike Evans has got a little bit of personality, but it'll bring personality to that team. I mm-hmm. mean, Tom Brady is essentially the Derek Jeter of the NFL. He's at the highest level, but no one knows what he thinks, where he goes, who he date, you know, well, we know who he's married to. But we know very little about Tom Brady. And when he's interviewed, he doesn't share a lot about his personal life, what makes him tick, what he loves, what he hates. Uh, so he's very, very sort of PC uh, in his answers to most questions, even though if there was a time to you know come out and be blunt, very, now very, is the time. Very guarded. But he's been approach. taking a lot of abuse the last few weeks. I've uh, been training with his teammates, even though about 20 other quarterbacks have been doing the same exact thing, but he's been the one getting a lot of the grief for not, you know, for flouting the NFL Players Association's recommendations to not practice with your teammates, but he seems to be the one that's being singled out. When Dak Prescott, for example, has done it, lots of other quarterbacks yeah. have done it. I know, you know, Wentz in the offseason, he's he's training with his receivers. But Brady is a nice, you know, target of the media for some strange reason, even though a lot of other quarterbacks are out there doing it. Mm-hmm. Find anything, anything else to add about Gronkowski and Skinny Gronk? Nope. Uh, I can't wait to watch him play. <laughs> uh, moving on from the Bucks to the Patriots, we have to go to the Patriots after the Buccaneers. The Patriots are ready to roll with Jared Stidham. By all accounts, Jared Stidham will be given every opportunity to be the Patriots' starting quarterback in 2020. Ryan Hannibal of WEEI in Boston reported. Uh, Stidham has joined in the quarterback's room by veteran. That's 
That's I guess that's how I would describe him. Brian Hoyer and undrafted rookies Jamar Smith and Brian Lewerke. Of course, the Patriots were linked to many other quarterbacks this offseason, including Cam Newton, although that link was tenuous, Andy Dalton, but yet they, they you know they chose to stick with what they have. Appearing on ESPN's Get Up this week, Adam Schefter explained how or explained how this shows they have confidence in the Auburn product who was drafted in the fourth round a year ago. I think it shows they have a lot of confidence in Jared Stidham, and it doesn't preclude them from picking up a quarterback sometime before camp and bringing in another arm at that point in time. Again, with what they have so far is this. We believe in Jared Stidham. And you heard David bring up Matt Castle. I would also bring up Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, the year Tom Brady was suspended for four games and the Patriots went 3-1 and one without Tom Brady that year. They, used to, they are used to this sort of thing, and I think they relish that sort of challenge. I wouldn't say they're used to it. I mean, Tom Brady was injured. He was yeah, suspended once. once, injured once. Yeah. That's a far cry from <laughs> used to it. The Eagles are used to it. They're used in to terms it. Of, a little too used to it. Carson Wentz going down. Uh, but I wouldn't say the Patriots are used to being without their starting quarterback. Uh, Schefter went on to say, look at the Patriots sitting sitting there playing a second-year quarterback in Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer on a veteran minimum type of contract. They have no money invested in basically in the quarterback position, and they will have flexibility if it doesn't go well, and they want to do and see what they want to do at that point in time. But for now, they get to ride with Stidham, who I think they believe in. It does go to show what an idiot... Adam Schefter is, uh, and I love pointing out, you know, the Schefters and the Rappaports and the Glazers of the world and how little they really know. Uh, but it looks like they do have confidence. That's one thing we could take away. Confidence in Stidham. What do you think about Bill Belichick's decision to ride with her? essentially I, a rookie? I'm not going to question him. I'm not going to question Bill Belichick a at all. Yeah, I mean, he's well, never, well, you I mean, like see you mentioned, yet. Like you mentioned with Matt Castle going in there in the season that they had, the 11-5 and five season, the one year that Tom Brady actually got injured, and, you know, I, I think he had a few years less under his belt. I mean, he didn't play in college at all. And now Stidham, who I believe he did play in college, right? I yeah, mean, at he, Auburn. I mean, he yeah, played at Auburn. Played pretty well at Auburn, yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to put it past Bill Belichick to find any sort of success with a quarterback that he is confident in. In, I mean, you look at Tom Brady when he came into the league. He was a rookie that year. They went to the Super Bowl. They won it. So I'm not going to say they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, but uh, I'm not going to put it past them. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't take those comparisons too far. Uh, they did have Bledsoe. They had uh, Matt Castle. They had Jimmy G as yeah. well. But they didn't. I mean, win. Garoppolo didn't play a ton. They didn't, yeah, yeah, he didn't play much at all. But they didn't win anything in the years that they had Bledsoe. I think maybe. Belichick had Bledsoe for one or two well, full seasons. I, I think it was that first season. I think it was that first season that he actually had him. I'm not sure if it was the year before. I, I, injured but I and believe, he never came back. I mean, that was 20 years ago. It's crazy when you talk yeah. about it because Tom Brady is still in the league. Um, but I believe it was that first year he got injured. Tom Brady comes in. That's the end of the story for Bledsoe, pretty much. Yeah, and Matt Castle does not have a Super Bowl ring as a starter. He made a lot of money. So <laughs> after let's that, just be clear about that. the success that he had yeah. you know, with Belichick, you know, he, he signed a pretty good contract after that. Yeah, I mean, and I'm really interested to see how this goes because, you know, that that's why I actually wanted to read that quote from Schefter. They're used to this. They're not used to being without a starting quarterback week in and week out. Nope. That's Tom Brady. Nope. They're been... almost less used to it than the Steelers are being without Ben Roethlisberger. Exactly. He's, he's uh, been Mr. Reliable. I mean, it, basically his entire career. So this will be something, you know, in 20 years, this will be pretty new mm-hmm. uh, going into the season week one with a brand new starting quarterback that we have never seen, you know, at least the public has never yeah. seen. I still think they're the, they're the, the team to beat in that what division. What about my Jets? 
What about yeah. the Jets? J E T S. Jets, Jets, Jets. As long as Belichick is there, it'll be difficult for the teams in that division. I mean, I think the Bills also. I, I think the Bills right now are better than the Jets, um, but still, the team to beat is the Patriots until we see what uh, Jarrett Stidham can do on the field. Yeah, but right it, now it they a, should be the favorites. Yeah, and it is a crazy fucking hot mess in New York already. Uh, with Jamal Adams demanding a trade. Oh, I know. Multiple players saying Adam Gase is a complete dickhead that they can't stand to even be in the same room with. Why Why was he even hired? I mean, does it, I mean it, how does it, Belichick it, it get away with being a douchebag allegedly, no but no one ever speaks out or speaks ill yeah. of, you know. Well, I mean, he... he he has, six, he has six Super Bowls. That's why. Yeah. I mean, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. He's got six Super Bowls. I mean, he may be an asshole, but you play for the Patriots and you win. Whereas Adam Gase, you play for him, and we see what Tannehill has done in his time away from Miami. I mean, Gase was there for what three or four years. I can't remember exactly how many years he was there, but uh, you know, we, we see the type of quarterback that he is and the type of success that he can. Pop- I mean, what's the AFC Championship game with Miami? Yep. yep. Nothing. He had one good year. Yeah, I would like to. I, I, I'm really curious to know what that is with Belichick. Uh, is he just that good of a manager? In other words, he can get the best out of people, be a dick, but somehow, you know, has the managerial skills to keep those people on board mm-hmm. and keep them, uh, you know, on the same page and, and and develop relationships where it can withstand the bad times. Or is it just the winning? Or is it just the winning? And he says, "Yeah, I was a dick to you." Now you see the result. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Gase, by all accounts, should have been fired last year, should definitely have been fired this offseason. Should never been hired. I mean, you have Jamal Adams, the the best player on the team. You know, they can, I'm sure there are Jets fans that think that Sam Darnold is the best player on the team. Jamal Adams is the best player on that team. And you have the best player on that team who hasn't had a particularly troublesome career either in college or the pros, screaming for a trade and, and singling out specifically Adam Gase as the problem mm-hmm. and other players in that locker room singling out Adam Gase as the problem. If you're the Jets, if you're Joe Douglas, how do you continue to ride with this guy? Would it, wouldn't it be better to just cut ties with him now? There are plenty of coaches out there that would love an opportunity that are probably more qualified than Adam Gase and have a better resume than Adam Gase at the college and pro level. Wouldn't you just fire Gase now? If you're best player, that would make too this much, isn't, this isn't, that would make too much sense, Ben. You know, this isn't Garrett in Cleveland. This isn't a guy that's got nothing but trouble his entire career. This is this is Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams has not been a problem for the Jets, and he wasn't a problem in college either. So when your best player, who by all accounts is a decent stand-up guy, wants out because of your coach, what does that tell you? Should fire the guy. You should. And we, 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 we've talked about this, uh, you know, in, in weeks past about Adam Gase and his hiring and, and why they would. I mean, they're in the same division. You know, Coughlin was let go from New York. You don't see any NFC East team jumping in. I mean, the Clapper was fired by, you know, uh, the Cowboys recently, but then he was picked up as the offensive coordinator in New York. I don't know what they see there, but I mean, you know, we've talked about the, the, the coaching carousel and how they recycle these old school guys over and over again on the same teams and with the same results. And uh, I don't get it. But yeah, they I, just keep I, on doing it. We'll have to we'll have to get our friends from the Jets fans podcast on here. I would love to hear. Oh, we would you know, talk. A, a candid, we would we would talk. It would just. It would, I'm sure be a lot. Of, I mean, they would be pissed and rightfully so after so many years of failure. I mean, they had a little bit of success uh, with um, with Sanchez there, uh, but you know, before that and after that, there really hasn't been much. Yeah, and I do. I feel for those guys because yeah. they put so much work into that podcast. It is easily one of the best podcasts yeah. out there that's a single team focus, even though they do cover 
the rest of the NFL news. I just I see them like meticulously building a wall brick by brick by brick and everything is perfect. It's all beautiful. They put so much work into it. And then at the you know, right when they're finishing off that top, top row of bricks, Adam Gase comes up and he just kicks the fucking thing <laughs> over. Like I, that's how I feel for those guys. Yeah, I mean, because Sam Darnold is I mean, he's a good quarterback. You know, if if the, right. I mean, yeah, but I mean, he doesn't really have the weapons around him that some of these other young quarterbacks have, or given the opportunity. I mean, he's not given any sort of opportunity. I mean, who's who's one of his receivers out there right now? Like, who's his who's his main target right now this season? Oh, it's that skinny guy. Uh, I can't remember his name though. I can't remember. They would know. They, they would they know. Do know. But a, off the top a, he of my head, contract, yeah. off the top of my head, I, I can't even think of one of his. He's targets. that little skinny guy. Yeah. I mean, that's he's that's tall, what, that's what they're giving. That's what they're giving Sam Darnold. It's it's like yeah. you get into those situations where you're you're put there to basically fail. And that's what they're doing right now with Sam Darnold, unfortunately. And Ben's googling it right now as we speak. Uh, what? Oh, I thought I thought Rashad Perriman was one, but let's see who 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 is. Let's see. Let's let's look at their uh, their wide receiving core over here. Um, is that Denzel Mims? You know, Braxton Berrios, Lawrence uh, Kager, Josh Bellamy. I mean, those names don't really stand out. Yeah, there's there's Bashard. Was it Bashard Perriman, Jamison Crowder? Yeah, I, I mean, I can't remember what the guy's name was. It came in. Man, what year is this from? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what you're, but, but anyways, we, 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 there's, there's not one guy out there that they're, you know, like a, a, a big name wide receiver, uh, that they, you know, picked up in the offseason or they just, they're just not giving them any sort of chances to succeed. And it's sad. Yeah, you're right. Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder, Josh Malone, Braxton Berrios, Jeff Smith. I mean, I can't remember the guy's name that they lost, but he, he was their best receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a few years, and they left him, or they let him go, uh, sign with another team. But still, I don't know. I, I like the Jets. I'm from New York. I know you do. I mean, you thought I they just, were going 16-0 last season. I just wish they would do better. I just wish they would do better, especially uh, in terms of you know head coaches. Mm-hmm. They could do better, and they should do better. Uh, next up, we have a little bit of NFL poll information. Next few segments, uh, The Athletic conducted a survey of its readers with almost 3,000 respondents. Uh, the best represented fan bases. This was a fan base poll. Uh, the best represented fan bases belong to the Eagles, 189. Packers, 181. Patriots, 161. The Eagles leading away there. Mm-hmm. Cowboys, 143. <laughs> and Giants, 141. And while they received just 15 entries from Jags fans, the lowest number overall. Among the notable results from the athletic poll were... Uh, CBS, this is about broadcasters. Uh, CBS sports duo of Romo and Jim Nance is the number, uh, this is why I wanted to include this, is the number one rated broadcast team according to fans of the athletic with 57.4% of the vote. NBC, NBC sports, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth were a distant second at 28.2 and Fox sports, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman at 9.2. Four. Romo is the best game analyst, oh receiving a whopping. I don't know what people see in this. Seventy-four point one percent of the vote. Collinsworth was second at thirteen percent. Romo running away well, with Collinsworth, it. I hate it was like an I mean, ele- Collinsworth, I fucking hate This was like an election in Russia. <laughs> Seventy-four to thirteen. Michaels is the best play-by-play announcer, collecting forty-two point seven percent of the vote. At least Romo didn't get it there. Yeah, Michael. Nance this guy like is Michael. second with seventeen. 
point nine. Aaron Andrews is the best sideline reporter uh, with twenty eight one point one percent of the vote, and Michelle Tafoya is at twenty five point four. I don't mind. I like yeah, Michelle Tafoya like too. Yeah, yeah, I like Aaron too. Uh, the best pregame show belongs to Fox Sports with thirty two point. Yeah, that's true. With Terry and and yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. They do a pretty good job. NFL Network is second. No, I wouldn't watch the NFL Network pregame <laughs> with Mariucci and was his Chris? Can't remember that guy's name. Uh, I forget. He's terrible. Whatever. He's the, the the entire NFL Network is terrible in terms of its coverage. Yeah. Uh, oh. but what do you think about Romo? Fifty-seven. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. Seventy-one percent. I don't. I don't. I don't know why. Like, what? What is it that people like about this guy? I have no idea. Like, every time I listen to him, I, I just I seventy-four just, to thirteen. I, maybe it's just a bias. I maybe I'm, I'm an Eagles fan. Maybe it's just the biasness that I have. Um, but I, I never liked listening to the guy. I never liked the guy playing football. But I never liked listening to him on TV. I just can't stand the guy. And you're I'm going to take a shot right now. I'm going to take a shot right now. I'll a shot with you. I got to get up. At, uh, God knows at the crack of dawn. Yeah, I know, right? You do, Ben. So tree trimmers going to. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I tend, I would put it closer. I would put Collinsworth a little bit closer to Romo. I think in this poll, I don't think Romo is is well. The one thing, as the one good thing, as uh, the one thing I do like about Romo is he doesn't show his biasness the way that I do. because yeah. he's not an Eagles. And the way that Aikman does, he's sometimes. not an yeah Aikman too, but he's not an Eagles hater. Whereas Collinsworth goes out of his way to hate on the Eagles. He really does. I don't like the guy at all. He's annoying. Well, you pick Especially up, but even during you pick the Super Bowl. During the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I I notice it. I hear it. It's coming. He doesn't like the Eagles. It's obvious. Well, something bad must have happened to him when he was maybe, playing in Philadelphia. Maybe, but cheers, Probably. <laughs> All right. Another shot because Franny besmirched Tony Romo. Besmirched. Shame. 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 All right, folks. We will be right back with the rest of the NFL news. All right, and we are back with the remainder of the NFL news. Ben has a new beverage on the table. He has the huge can of Fostas. There it is, cracking it open. Oh, yeah, there we go. I'll, I'll have to try a little bit of that before the end of the night because I've never sampled or tried Foster's, Ben. I mean, how do you like it? That's Australian for average. <laughs> I that your, your accent is average. I don't know if that was Australian right there. Australian? I don't know if, I, I, that sounded more Scottish, but uh, how does it, how is it, though? I mean, where would you rate this? Is it better than the champagne of beers? Oh, yeah, from for last sure. week? Yeah. Oh, it's way better yeah. than Miller, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a pretty average lager. It's a huge uh, can. And, and you see huge... what the can says there? On the top? Brewed in the USA. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, it's I Australian guess... for brewed in the USA. It says founded in Australia, brewed in the USA. I, I, same, same ingredients. Well, but, it's a long ass uh, trip from a, Australia. It's, 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 a long trip. Even it's a long flight from LA, and I don't think they're flying the Foster's directly. <laughs> it would have been more expensive, probably. <laughs> yeah. But the ones yeah, I had it, back in the 80s. <laughs> Those were, were Australian. Were Australian. Yeah. You like that though, right? Is it it's, good? It's pretty average. It's average. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When you finish that, uh, when you I'll, finish I'll that, pour I'll pour a little bit of that. I'll pour a little bit of that in there just so I can get a little bit of that Fosters. Well, we had to we had to take a little bit of a little bit of a break so we get the Fosters on the table. And you know, this is some you know one of the first beers I ever I ever drank. Drunk. And I see why. I mean, I I see it's a huge. Yeah. If you're can. 15 and you want to go to the woods with a beer, that's what you yeah, take. Yeah. You just take two of those. 
Good to go. That's 50 ounces of beer. Yeah. Not now, bad. if a beer is, you know, above 55 degrees, I'm like, fuck it, throw it away. <laughs> but when you're 15, you don't, you don't, you take 10 of these in the woods, you don't care how warm they get. Don't spill it, Timmy. <laughs> Drink. I need that. I need that. <laughs> Drink uh, every last, last, last drop. All right. Next up, we have some, a little bit of interesting, uh, news coming uh, every single year. Chris Sims comes out with his ranking of NFL quarterbacks, the top 40. There is always a lot of controversy. I mean, he could have stopped at 32. Yeah, <laughs> there's really... always a lot of controversy uh, with this poll. Uh, he dribs and drabs it out over the course of several weeks, uh, you know, three, four, five quarterbacks a week. So it takes forever to get through it. It's I'm a long, it. long off season, and it oh, could be even sure. longer. We don't know when the season's going to yeah. start, but it could be extended. But forty, yeah, still, could be pinning up still the, the mistletoe. Could be week one. <laughs> but yeah, so we, uh, you know, he puts together this top forty list every single season, or he has done so for the last few years. Chris Sims, you know, works for NBC. Generally, pretty respected uh, analyst of football. Uh, not a particularly good quarterback, not up to his dad's standards, but a, a pretty good analyst. Uh, so we just want to go through this until we get to something interesting. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa mm-hmm. comes in at number 40. Fucking ridiculous. Why would he be below a lot of these other guys that we're just about to name? Dwayne Haskins, 39. Trubisky, now, 38. I, uh, Trubisky is 38. I don't, Are you I don't fucking think that, serious I don't think with that? Fair. I don't think that's fair. I mean, it, like Justin Herbert. There's only 32 teams. Justin Herbert is a rookie, and then you have Taysom Hill at 36 who never even throws the ball. Yeah. He basically just yeah. runs the ball every single play. When he lines up in the backfield for a trick play, you know he's not handing it off to Kamara. You know he's going to run left or right with the football. I have no idea. I mean, as, as bad as, as, as I think Mitchell Trubisky is as a quarterback, this is disrespectful. What was that guy? I can't remember his name now. You know, J- Taysom Hill is essentially Tim Tebow, but used correctly. Ex- yeah, yeah. He's no more talented at throwing the ball than and Tim he Tebow should, is. He doesn't even deserve to be on this list of QBs. He should be on the running back list because yeah. that's all he does. And he would be a pretty decent running back. Yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert coming in at 37, Taysom Hill at 36, Jared Stidham at 35. I don't. I don't agree with that either. He plays for the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna have. A, he's gonna have a better, uh, better season. I mean, Tyrod Taylor yeah, at thirty three. Well, yeah, thirty four. Tyrod fair. Taylor at thirty four. Yeah. Well, Jameis Winston thirty three. Case Keenum thirty two. Nick Foles at thirty one. See, that is also disrespect right there. Super Bowl winning quarterback. Nick Super Foles. Bowl MVP. Yeah, that quarterback is true. At Philly thirty. Philly one. Rocky. That is not fair. Rocky and Nick Foles. That's who has statues in Philadelphia. So the statue deserves a little bit more love than 31. Uh, Gardner Minshew coming in at 30. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater at 29. Ryan Fitzpatrick at 28. Andy Dalton at 27. What say you about Andy Dalton coming in way <laughs> down the list? He's, he's a great backup. He's a great backup quarterback. And I think that's a, that's, that's a fair assessment for being a backup quarterback in the league because he could easily start and be a little bit higher on this list. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow, rookie, coming in at 26. I'll bet Andy Dalton. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, he's got to rank him, but still, who knows? Uh, 25, Drew Locke, coming in at 25. Are you kidding me? Drew Locke is definitely going to be a better quarterback in 2020 than he was in 2019, and he will be definitely better than two dozen quarterbacks in a league. Uh, and many of them are coming up. 
Uh, Sam Darnold at 23. Daniel Jones Wait, at 22. Wait, Jared Goff at 24, though. Jared Goff has oh, accomplished. Jared Goff at 24. He's accomplished a little more than Sam Darnold. I'm, you know, Sam Darnold is a talented quarterback, but Jared Goff did go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I and, mean, last year, he was not spectacular, but he did go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and it wasn't his contract. He's better than Baker Mayfield, who's coming up. Yeah, and it wasn't his contract alone mm-hmm. that, you know, hamstrung the Los Angeles Rams. There are a number of contracts that are saddling the Rams right now. Uh, Sam Darnold at 23. Daniel Jones at 22. Actually, I, think, I think Daniel Jones should be a little bit lower on this list. Yeah, how does he have Jones at 22? Ahead of Darnold and Goff. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if I agree with that one either. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Baker Mayfield at 21. I'm not right. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you should be a little lower on this list. I mean, I think that, I think that's that's at, about right. Yeah. Uh, you know, if it was a list of 32 teams and yeah. he was at 21, then that that's that's that seems fair. And what do you think about Jimmy G coming in at number 20, I, saying there's I 19 better quarterbacks in the league I than think Jimmy G, he is better. who just came off a Super Bowl a, a Super Bowl loss, but it wasn't a blowout. Yeah, no, he's better than Derek Carr at 19. He's better than Josh Allen at 18. I don't think that's fair either. I think it should be just a couple how of rungs higher. How could you not? I mean, with, with the way Josh Allen performed in the playoffs last year, how could you not have Josh Allen below Jimmy Garoppolo? I, I, that yeah, blows my I, mind. I don't get it. it, it that blows my mind. Uh, Derek Carr, like you said, 19. Allen, 18. Rivers, Phillip, okay. 17. I, yeah, that's I, I'd say he's, he's somewhere middle of the pack. I think that's about fair for him. Drew Brees at 16. This is one thing I, I agree with. He's that, definitely That's not fair at that's all. That's definitely where Drew, he belongs. No, no, no. He does not belong definitely where there. He, belongs. No, he, he deserves to be a little bit higher than that. He does. He's too high at 16, <laughs> if you ask me. Not if you ask me. Tom Brady coming in at 15. That is retar- That's <laughs> I'm just that's why I wanted I to talk about this. this is, I can't believe that Tom and, and a lot of Brady. People, a lot of people listen to Chris Sims' uh, analysis. I mean, here. Tom Brady is below uh Kirk Cousins? I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is below Kirk Cousins? Allegedly. This does. This well, you should make, like that. I mean, Cam Newton is up there. Yeah, he doesn't even have a job. Yeah, that's why wow. I love. That's why I wow. love these top forty. I, I can't believe it. I, can't I love believe Chris Sims' top because there's always a lot of controversy. So Tom Brady, multi, six-time champion Tom Brady coming in at fifteen. <laughs> oh my god! Ben Roethlisberger they pay at this fourteen. Guy. They yeah. paid this guy to put a these shit ton together. of money. They paid this guy fourteen. Ben Roethlisberger owns more 5,000-yard passing games, or uh, sorry, that sorry, yeah, uh, yeah seasons. more 5,000-yard passing seasons, I think, than anybody else in the history of the game. Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins coming in at 13. He, he should definitely be, be below Roethlisberger yeah. and Brady and Breeze and even Rivers. He should be below all those guys. Yes, yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, Kyler Murray. Coming in also, at number 12, way ahead of Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady and Drew Brees. He hasn't accomplished anything in the league so far. I'm not saying he's not going to be a good quarterback. But he's better than Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, and I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, it, it, don't you know? It, it, <laughs> if you're a fan of one of those teams, I mean, would you rather have you know Tom Brady as your QB, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers as your quarterback over... Uh, you know, Kyler Murray? I, I would think so. I, I would, would take think you Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I would I take would. Tom Brady over Kyler would. Murray. I mean, I know they're older. I know Kyler Murray is still kind of coming into his own. Um, But that is not right. But this is a one-season ranking. Yeah, right? So this is for still. the 2020 season. This is not Kyler Murray's going to be but good we know what five years from now. This we, is for this season. Yeah. yeah. So that's why that's what makes it so crazy. Kyler Murray's going to be better than Tom Brady this season. Nope. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, you're another on your Mount Rushmore of 
of quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill coming in at 11. I think he'll be good. 11! I, I, I don't know about 11, but he'll be good this season. I think, 11! I, I think he'll be better this season. But still, I wouldn't put him above Roethlisberger, Brady, Breeze. Cam Newton coming in at number 10. A broken down jalopy, as they said back in the day. Coming in at number 10 I mean, as a free it, it agent. It says free agent. Right next to his name, it says free agent. I mean, how could you, if you don't play a snap in football this year, how are you better than these other guys? I have no idea. But next up. Next up, Matt Stafford coming in at number nine. I agree with that. I, I agree with that. Matt Stafford is definitely a top 10 quarterback in this league. And we saw how Detroit fell off when he got injured. I mean, yeah. they, 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 they oh. completely imploded. They actually started the season pretty well. But once he left, once he was injured, I mean, that, that team derailed right the crapper. completely. Uh, number eight, Dak, Dakota Prescott, number eight on the list. I don't know if I should say anything here. It, well, say something. I mean, I, I mean, know. Dak Prescott. I, it, because I might have to take another shot. Let me I just mean, give it, you some people that, that Dak Prescott is not as good as. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill, yeah. <laughs> Kyler Murray, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, or he's better than all these players. Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Jared Goff, Andy Dalton, Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Case Keenum. Are you kidding me? You're telling me that 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 I mean Teddy Bridgewater. You're telling me that Dak Prescott that, is that better five, than is better that, than Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I mean, it, it really doesn't. I mean, you know, you have Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, ben Roethlisberger went to the fucking playoffs with Le'Veon Bell holding out. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy Are you fucking kidding me? Jimmy GQ, Super Bowl, Philip Rivers. Has had a long, successful, semi-successful career. I mean, you have Drew Brees, Tom Brady, six-time Super Bowl champ. Ben Roethlisberger, two-time Super Bowl champ. Ryan Tannehill, AFC Championship appearance. Um, who else? Ky- well, Kyler Murray, I'm not sure yet. But this, I, I, can't, this I know, I know, but that, that makes absolutely no sense. It doesn't. I, it, he does not deserve to be at number Where eight. Where would you he put does, Dak on this list? I would, I would put him around uh, probably 16 or 17 on the list. All right. I, I think that's fair. I, I think that's he's a he's, he's a middle of the road quarterback. He is eight and eight. Yeah, that is the exactly very is. definition of middle of the road. Cheers. All right. All right. Next up, let's see. Matt Ryan, another Mount Rushmore of Franny's quarterbacks, right. coming in number seven. Mm-hmm. And here we go. This is where you start loving Chris Sims. <laughs> number six, Carson Wentz comes in at number six. This is where Friday says this list is awesome. It, it, you know that is that is that is correct. That that's where exactly where he's, no, I'm not. He shouldn't even be at number six. I mean, there are players on he's this list. He's pretty damn good when he's healthy. Yeah, but that's the problem though. Will he remain healthy this season? And that's always a question mark hanging over his head. And uh, that's why you can't rate him as high as some of these other guys that have been reliable their entire career. And so that's not fair to put him up there with some of these guys that are below him that have had long, successful, almost injury-free careers. All right, I, I would. I think Carson Wentz is is right about where he belongs. I would have. I would have Ben Roethlisberger in the top ten. I would have Tom Brady in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Brees. Yeah, I would not put Drew Brees in the top ten, no. But I would definitely have Roethlisberger and and Tom Brady up there. Number five, Lamar Jackson at number five. Lamar yeah. Yeah. never met a playoff game. He couldn't lose Jackson. Yeah, but I mean, what he's done the last couple of seasons. I mean, not in the playoffs, but just the regular season. What he's been able to accomplish there. Um, has been fun to watch. Uh, I mean, he, he's you know the, the way he's utilized is to his strength, and uh, he's been pretty spectacular the last two regular seasons. 
All right. Deshaun Jackson coming in Deshaun number four. Watson. Deshaun Watson, sorry. <laughs> I always say Jackson. I don't know why. Deshaun Watson coming in number four. You think that's fair? Might be a He's little good. high. I mean, it's 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 I mean, I, he wouldn't be much lower, but I think that's that's pretty much where he deserves to be. He definitely deserves to be a top ten quarterback. I agree. I agree. Aaron Rodgers fallen. How the mighty have fallen. He was number one last year. This year for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers coming in at number three. What say you? Not gonna argue. I'm not going to argue with that. You think it should be one that. or two, or you think three no, is fair? No, I, I think number uh, number one and two is fair. All right. Yeah. Number two, Russell Wilson. Yeah, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks. Number two. Yeah. You really I, think there's only one quarterback in the league better than Russell Wilson? And the one that's above him, rightfully so. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, what do you think, Ben? What do you think about Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers? I mean, do you think that, would you shuffle that that top three right there? Do you think that's pretty fair, putting Mahomes at the top, you know, just coming off of his Super Bowl victory? Would you rather have him, Wilson, Rodgers as your starting quarterback in the NFL right now? If, if, if you were running a team, if you were a coach or, you know, GM or whatever, which one of those I'd top I'd probably three guys? move Aaron Rodgers a little bit further down. I'd have Tom Brady up in that list ahead but, of Aaron Rodgers. Age-wise right now. But it's for this season, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I would have Russell Wilson at number one. As a, a just pure quarterback. I wouldn't argue that at all. I wouldn't argue with because Russell Wilson the, being number one. Because of the team that he's got, the offensive line that he's got. Yeah, his entire The play career. callers that he's got that have constantly got him, you know, fighting back from a deficit. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, obviously second best quarterback in the league, but also best coaching, one of the best coaching staffs in the league, one of the best receiving cores in the league, one of the best all-around uh, yeah. Offensive line, but he takes advantage. Tight ends. Of it. He takes advantage of what yeah. he has. Yeah, oh, for and, sure, and, and, for sure. And, yeah, and, and, and not everybody does that. I mean, there's some great quarterbacks that have had great players. I mean, you look at even. I think. I think. I mean, you look, could, at, I look mean, at Dak Prescott and Russell what he Wilson has. Been undefeated with that Kansas yeah. City team. I mean, you look at what Dak Prescott has, and you know the weapons that they kind of put around him. Uh, you know, running back, offensive line, wide receiver, and he. You know, they went eight and eight last season. He hasn't been able to do anything over there, and they've sort of sort you know tried to build a team around him within the last four seasons. He had everything he needed to do to succeed, and he couldn't do it. But you put it you put it around you know Patrick Mahomes, he takes that team over the top. They win the Super Bowl. Oh, for sure. And in fairness to to uh, to Fronty there, I don't think they tried to build a team around Dak Prescott. I think they did, they in just fact, had, I mean, they had build to, a yeah, team yeah. around Dak Prescott, and he still mm-hmm. wasn't able to be successful. He'll say he needed one more receiver. He'll say he needed a bona fide tight end. But other than potentially one more wide receiver at a high level and you know a bona fide tight end out there, I, I can't imagine what Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, even Ben Roethlisberger would have done with that team. Mm-hmm. With Elliott, the receiving core that they had, with Amari Cooper, that offensive line where Roethlisberger or Wilson could just stand back there and just survey the field, I, I think they would have done a lot better. Yep. But yeah, I would put Russell Wilson at number one, Mahomes at number two. I'd probably put Brady still at number three. He's Tom Brady. And Rogers probably at number four. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we have the rankings of every receiving core <laughs> heading into the 2020 season. Frane, what do you think? Who do you think should came we, in at number one? We'll go reverse we order. Would you want to start at the 32 and work our way up to one? Sure. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right. It's 30. fair. We just did it. So we might as you know, we might as well do it again. Start 32. From last. I Washington Redskins. I completely disagree with this. They had a great receiving core last year, and I think they have a good receiving core this year. 
as well. Uh, McLaurin, Harmon, Sims. I, I actually I'm think McLaurin had a good season. I, I actually yeah. think this is this is an insult to the Redskins because they had terrible quarterback play and they had terrible coaching, but mm-hmm. I think their their receiving core is pretty good. It's good enough. Twenty third or thirty one, Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think you can argue with that. Nope. Number thirty, the New England Patriots. You might want to put them at thirty two. Yeah, they they actually you know what they were able to accomplish last season with what they had with Julian. Edelman. That, yeah, I mean that, that. I was impressed with Tom Brady with, with what he did in the last season. That was probably his, you know, not wouldn't say his best performance, but to, um, you know, to have the sort of success. What they were eleven and five last season with this receiving core, yeah, and to be able to go to the playoffs. I mean, you know, they 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 lost to Tennessee. Yeah, I believe it was. So uh, new that played was okay, shocking. but I mean they they played well for you know, what, what they had. They played well with what they had, and you know we were questioning Stidham earlier uh, in the podcast and what he'd be able to do. I think they improved. Did they improve at all? I mean, is this, that's basically. I mean, Nikhil Harry was was he injured? Uh, no, he was a rookie last year. Yeah, so I mean, we'll see what they do. But I mean, if I, I, I but it's 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 it's, a, it's the correct assessment. Yeah, so he's coming 30. back. He'll be healthy at the start of the season. Twenty nine Dolphins, Devontae Parker, and a bunch of scrubs. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's unfair. Coming in at 28, New York Jets. Hey, we're just talking about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, who do they have? I'd actually put them a little bit lower on this list. I definitely would have them below the Washington Redskins. Uh, Chicago Bears. I couldn't tell you a single receiver on that team, so they probably should be lower than 27. Uh, but Allen Robinson, the second, and uh, that's about it. So what do you think about that? Yep. that's. I mean, that, that seems fair. 26, Green Bay Packers, which is why... That team is so poorly run. You have the best, or one of the what? best. What? Did you say best, Ben? One of the best uh, quarterbacks in the history of the game, and you continue to saddle him with garbage receivers, with the exception of Devontae Adams, who broke out last year. 25, the Ravens. What do you think about the Ravens? I think the Ravens were a little bit better in terms of their receivers last year. Yeah, I mean, not big name players, but I mean, you know, uh, Lamar made do with what he had, unlike Dak, but go ahead. <laughs> 24 to Vikings. <laughs> Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, I think, you know, coming into the, well, Diggs is gone, went off yeah, to he's Buffalo. Gone. Uh, so coming into this season, it's Adam Thielen and their tight ends. So this is going to be a little bit of a tough year mm-hmm. for Kirk Cousins. Motherfucking Cousins. Tennessee Titans at 23. AJ Brown. Who I liked. I mean, AJ Brown had a good season. But yeah, I think but that's, that's pretty fair. much it. Yeah. Uh, Colts coming in at 22. I mean, T.Y. Hilton, Devin Funches, Paris Campbell. I actually think the Colts probably should be a little bit higher on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giants coming in at 21 with, uh, well, they, I don't know who they have this year. <laughs> uh, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram off to the Steelers. Uh, but we'll see. Wait, no, uh, it wasn't Evan Ingram that went to the Steelers. Who was it that went to the Steelers? It wasn't Ingram. It was another tight end. I should know this. You should know this. I should know this. And it'll come to me. My brain is working on it in the background right now. <laughs> Number 20, the Houston Texans. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. When he was there, yeah, they would be a little bit higher on the list, but with DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, Brandon Cooks, uh, Randall Cobb. Leaving. Yeah, but Randall Cobb. I mean, actually, Randall Cobb had a pretty decent season. Uh, yeah, wasn't he with, with Dallas? With Dallas, he actually, you know, played better than I expected he would. But uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I think Houston. We have a uh, you know, they brought in Brandon Cooks. 
but that's pretty much their only big name uh, sort of wide receiver right now off the top of my head. I don't know if there's anybody else there. Yeah, Will Fuller, there. Kenny Stills. Yeah, actually, Will, I mean, Will Fuller, Will Fuller is a very good wide receiver when he's healthy. It's just that he seems to be Never injured every other game. I mean, it's like he plays one, he's off one. He plays one. That's 19 Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I think this might be a little high. Uh, Darren Waller is great. Don't get me wrong. Hunter Renfro is a flash in the pan. Uh, you got Henry Ruggs, the third. We'll see how he plays. Out of Alabama. We'll, see, we'll see how he does this season. Uh, but I mean, I think we'll see. We'll see what they can make of Hunter Renfro, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, 18, the Steelers. I think this is actually probably That's, too high for them. I mean, I mean, how much Juju, lower Deontay can you Johnson? fall? Uh, down from 18. I think, you know, sort of middle of the pack, maybe between 18 and 20 for the Steelers is pretty fair. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, I expected much more from him. Yeah. Uh, but also, it's not fair because of the quarterback situation this yeah. past season. You know, you can't have, um, you know, much success with, with the Duck or Rudolph throwing to you. But, you know, I, I like to you know, Washington at times was pretty decent. Yeah. Seattle Seahawks coming in at 17 with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Philip Dorsett and John Ursua with the likes of David Moore. I think that's probably fair. I yeah, I mean I think they have a good receiving core. It's just that they they don't throw the ball as much to as them. they should. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So sixteen I think, and Niners. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Eh, that's fair. I mean any team with George Kittle is going to be definitely nearer the nearer top nearer the top ten than than the bottom thirty. Uh, but George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, it was it was only I think only McCaffrey had more yards than after the catch than Kittle. Yeah, I mean Kittle had some you know spectacular after the catch move. I mean there was that one game I forget what it oh, was down the just, season yeah, where he, and just he just knocked that guy in his ass down the sideline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fifteen to L A Rams. Brandon Cooks, Van Jefferson, Josh Reynolds, well, Robert Woods, Cooks, and Cooper Cup. Well, Brandon Cooks left. Brandon Cooks is gone. Um, oh, that's right. Cooks yeah. went off to. We just talked about it. Uh, scroll down just a little bit. Scroll down just a little bit, Ben. We just talked about it. We just talked about it. A little bit lower. A little bit lower. Going down, going down. Going I don't know. I, why don't we just talk about him right now? But I completely forgot where he went. Was it? No, it was uh, to the Houston. To Houston, I think. Wait, scroll up just a bit. Scroll the other way. Um, yeah. So they bring, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, went so he went to Houston. Because, yeah, they brought him in because of the Hopkins. Yeah, point. because, you know, Brandon, Brandon Cooks is just about as good as DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, it's it's almost like replacing like for like. Yeah. You know? I mean, you get rid of DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best receivers in the league. You bring in, you bring in Brandon Cooks. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Because Hopkins is going to want too much money, so why would you want him yeah, on your team? Yeah. Yeah, you don't want you don't want, you don't want Julio Jones on your team. Why would you want that? Number 14. The Philadelphia Eagles. Franny, what say you about that ranking? That is I'm not pretty sure. fucking high. It is, it is, it is fairly Jeffrey, high. Deshaun, Deshaun, I mean, there, we do have... Jackson, J.J. Arcega can't catch a ball white side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, with, uh, with the Eagles, I mean, last year, you know, it's hard to gauge how good that receiving core could have been because everybody was injured so early in the season. Um, you know, this season we have 14 wide receivers right now. Uh, and we'll see who makes um, you know the team, but uh, yeah, there there's some good there's some good players there. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but it tells you what I mean. People, a lot of it, what people I mean, think yeah. of. I mean, Zach Ertz, Alshon, Jeffrey. I mean, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. They're tight ends, not technically wide receivers, but they have very good hands. Yep, and they're also very strong after the catch. Well, Dallas Goddard's good after the catch. Zach Ertz, not so much, but um, you know they, they have some pretty decent players there. Atlanta Falcons coming in at 13 with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. 
Well, once you have Julio Jones on that team, yeah. uh, that that really uh, you know brings up the stock just a little bit. You're a lot higher on the list. When, Way just with higher. That, just with that one name yeah, there. I'll say. Arizona Cardinals jumped to number 12. They were probably about 28 last year, but they added DeAndre Hopkins to the mix. Uh, they also still have Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, and Kenyon Drake on that team. I think that's fair when at number 12, mm-hmm. bringing mm-hmm. Hopkins in. And Larry Fitzgerald, love that guy. Oh, God. I can't believe he's still playing. I know. Seriously, man. That guy's amazing. Number 11, the Cincinnati Bengals. How is that even possible, you ask? A.J. Green. Tyler Boyd. He didn't even play last year. John Ross. uh, We don't even know if he's going to remain on the team this year. Yeah. I mean, he'll play this year because he has no choice. I think that is a little high to have Cincinnati at number 11. Yeah. I mean, that that blows my mind. I, I, I can't imagine putting a Cincinnati Bengal team in the top. 10 or of 12 anything. Of, anything. of anything. The Broncos coming in at number 10 what? with KJ Hamler, Noah Fant, Jerry, Judy, and Albert. I'm not even going to try. Albert <laughs> Oakwood Boonham. That, that, Is it close? That's pretty close. That's, but that's pretty that close. one I don't quite get with Cortland mm, Sutton as well. I don't get that either. That, that ranking is a little high. The Browns. It seems like we're starting in reverse again. Yeah, the Browns are coming in at number nine with Beckham. Jarvis Landry. I mean, those, are, those are two very good players. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Odell Beckham. Jarvis Landry. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was about to say. They don't have the quarterback to throw to those guys. Yeah. See if he wears a $400,000 watch this season. Number eight, the Panthers. The Panthers with DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson. That's the extra. Yeah, that's who it is. Yeah, that's who it is. I know it took 20 minutes, but we got there. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 I know you got Christine McCaffrey on the team, but. I don't know that DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey get you to number eight. Yeah, I mean Christian McCaffrey is excellent catching the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, field. but does it get you yeah. to number eight? No, I think that's league? that's that's a little high. That's too high. Number seven, the L.A. Chargers. This I, is probably fair. I think Keenan Allen is Mike is Williams, very yeah. underrated in this league. He's an excellent wide receiver. I still don't know about. I mean, even Hunter Henry has you know when he's healthy, he's he's one of the top tight ends in the league. Um, still seven is quite high. It is, but I mean, I think I mean Keenan. I like Mike Williams as well. Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler, uh, maybe maybe eleven or twelve, but but I I could see him in the top ten or twelve. The Detroit Lions, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Danny Amendola. What do you think about the Detroit Lions coming in at number six? That that. Yeah. I mean, Galladay. Matt Stafford solid. in the top 10 in QBs. Marvin Jones, solid. You have these top guys. Top six in wide yeah. receivers. Shouldn't they win the division? <laughs> I mean, According probably. to these rankings? Yeah, yeah, but they have, good, they, have, they have good receivers there. Oh, for sure. The Buffalo Bills coming in at number five with Stefan Diggs, John Brown, and Cole Beasley. That's pretty high. Stefan Diggs. He's, we know it. He's we know good, it. but we, he's also kind of a punk. Well, I mean, he's a little pouty on the sidelines when the ball is not thrown his Pouty's way. Pouty's fair. Um, and and John Brown, he's a speedster. I mean, John Brown, he's a quick dude. Uh, and he uh, is. you know, Cole Beasley, I think the Cowboys made a huge mistake by letting him go. I I, I really think Cole Beasley has very good hands. I agree. He's, he's he's actually he's also very underrated in the league. The New Orleans Saints coming in at number four. Any team with Michael Thomas. Uh, they also that's picked all you have up, to say. That's it. That's yeah. it. Just they Michael also Thomas. picked up Emmanuel Sanders. Jer- they also have Jared Cook, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I think that's fair. Number three, the Dallas Cowboys. But don't tell me I should have done better than eight and eight. I uh, got CeeDee Lamb, 
still with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, along with Blake Jarwin and Ezekiel Elliott. That's, that's fair. That is fair. I mean, if that's fair, then they should be fucking 12 and four. Well, we'll see what happens this season, but that is a that is a good receiving core right there. Yeah. I mean, it's not good enough to go more than eight and eight. I suppose, yeah, maybe, but maybe, you know, nine and seven. Yeah, nine and seven. That would be a success. That's a $45 million quarterback right there. Kansas City Chiefs coming you in at number two. You should take a shot for that, man. <laughs> All right, I'll take a shot. I'll take a shot. <laughs> I, and that should come out of my mouth, not out of your mouth. Well, because it just pisses me off. I mean, you they, he acts like he's freaking playing for the Bengals. Wait, that's my shot Or the glass. Dolphins. Wait, where's your shot glass? Or the Jets. There's your shot. Now I have to take a shot because I poured into my own shot glass, Ben. But seriously, I mean, he's, acting, he's acting like he's playing for the Dolphins out there. Social distancing guidelines, I can't give you my shot glass, so I will take this shot. All right, here we go. But he's, he doesn't deserve it. Yeah. Cheers. Ah. But I will say that's pathetic. I mean, it's, I mean, number three, and you think you think you go eight and eight and you expect a giant contract, that, that's that's insane. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs at number two, which is why I would have flip-flopped Russell Wilson with Patrick Mahomes for this year. Next year might be another story, but for this year. Uh, number one, it's going to be scary for the NFC yeah, North we, or <laughs> NFC South this year. We just talked about this. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Godwin, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, uh, OJ Howard, Cameron Brait. Ugh, that's, that's ugly. That That is number one. That is number one. I have no arguments against that. Uh, that's going to be a scary offense if Tom Brady can stay healthy. Yeah, you throw, uh, you know, you throw Dak Prescott in there, nine and seven, eight and eight. You want another shot? <laughs> you should probably. It's just so annoying. <clears throat> yeah, I know. For somebody that thinks they're worth that much money to, you know, constantly be just mediocre, it blows my mind as well. All but, right, we had another uh, ranking. We'll is. do that one next week because uh, we're running yeah. a little bit long. Uh, tonight, but that will finish up our NFL news for this evening, uh, and we will be right back with our shout out to our new listeners. Hold tight, everybody. All right, and we are back, and Ben, next up on the big board... We have our shout out to our new and loyal listeners yes. out there. Thank you all so much to our loyal cadre of listeners. We know who you are. There are hundreds of you, and we thank you all so, so much. We also like to give a shout out to our new listeners this week from across the country and from across the globe. Thank you all so much for joining us, and please, please, please stick around for future episodes. Thank you all. Uh, since 2018, two long years ago, we have been a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. And since you're listening tonight or tomorrow or during the week, please consider heading to our website, thirstygold.buzzsprout.com, or search Thirsty Gold Podcast on the web and subscribe, rate, and review our show. Please leave us a rating. It's easy on iTunes. Just look for that rate button and punch it and tell us how great we are. Uh, please, 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 your homework assignment for this week. Please tell a friend, a family member, a coworker, a stranger, a person that you're arguing with about masks in the supermarket. Just tell them, listen to Thirst and Gold Podcast. Please just tell one listener. If you like our show, tell one of your fellow friends, relatives, anyone, just tell them 
to listen to our show. Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our promo for one of our fellow podcasters out there. Yes, we do. Hold tight. We'll be right back with a promo for another independent podcaster, Touchdowns and Tangents. Are you tired of the same old sports media? Are you tired of hot takes, arguments, and questions that are just completely off base? Luckily, we have something for you. Touchdowns and Tangents of the people, for the people, by people who care about the culture and all its concise commentary. All right, folks, that is Touchdowns and Tangents podcast, another podcast from Southern California. This one from down near the beach in Hawthorne, California. Uh, Touchdowns and Tangents. This is a live broadcast and podcast that provides weekly NFL takes and topical tangents for football nerds, casual sports fans, and culture. They've been busy lately. Since 2015, hosts Kenneth Berry and Pete Camarillo have embodied the competition by venturing outside your normal weekly NFL news and analyst podcast. This dynamic duo of journalists talk about football, community, hip-hop, life, and whatever comes up. Look for a link to the website in the show notes, and you can get them on Twitter at TDS underscore Tangents. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our tag team news, our thirst and goal news, Ben Steelers, my Eagles and Sonya's Seahawks. All right, Friday, where would you like to start? I think we started with the Eagles last week. Let's start with the Seahawks this week. I'm never sure how many pages you have to turn, Ben, to get to a certain team, I just picked them. <laughs> Friday's I was surprising flipping you. Through yeah, I'm, I'm flipping through the to show try to notes. see. All oh, right. the Seahawks are last, and of course, yeah. I choose the last. Okay, we have a little bit of news for the Seahawks, according to Pro Football Focus. This is piggybacking on our story. Our story earlier, quarterback Russell Wilson was the best quarterback in the NFL. In 2019, when throwing beyond his first read, that stat really stood out to former NFL quarterback Jack Heaps, who I've never heard of, co-host of 710 ESPN Seattle's Tom, Jack, and Stacy, or Jake and Stacy. So that means that when you're going through a play and you have your progressions of receiving options, one, two, or three to four, your number one receiver in your progression is not open. What is your grade after that? He said, Wilson graded out at 88.8 on pro football focuses zero to 100 scale. The lowest graded quarterback in that same category was fellow NFC West quarterback, Jared Goff of the LA Rams. No surprise. Who earned just 39.4%. One of the traits that Wilson has been known for throughout his career is his ability to adapt. He's rarely played with a strong offensive line, so it's not uncommon to see him scramble around, avoid defenders and find a receiver downfield. Not all plays where Wilson connects with his secondary read are electric, but Heap says plays where Wilson works through his progressions and ultimately finds an open man shows how far he has come from his early years when he was winning Super Bowls, I guess, when he wasn't seen as an elite quarterback, largely because of the Seahawks' strong running game led by Marshawn Lynch and a historically good defense 
with the Legion of Boom. The reason why the stat was such a strong one for Russell Wilson is because it has shown his growth and development over time. Heap said, this is not a game manager. This is a guy who can function at a high level. Russell Wilson is showing you he is in the prime of his career, functioning at a high level, and it doesn't matter if number one progressions doesn't show up. Russell Wilson is going to continue to work through those progressions, find a way, extend times, make things happen. What do you say, Franny? I love this stat. Oh, no, and, and it's it's not surprising. I mean, he always has to extend plays. Whenever you have a terrible offensive line and you have to you know, run around in the backfield, create some time, extend plays. You know, you're turning, you're turning your back to the actual field. So your first read was probably there, but you didn't have enough time to get it there. So you have to look for the second or third option. So it's definitely not a surprise that he rates so highly, but he's such an intelligent quarterback. They can find those guys down the field also. So, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, to me, he's, he's definitely one of the top one, two or three quarterbacks, like we talked about earlier. But I mean, what he does, you know, year after year with, you know, what he has available, the guy is amazing, really. Yeah, and and I agree. And that's why I wanted to put him at number one, because this is the true measure of whether or not you are a solid quarterback. Uh, Jared Goff, you know, Jared Goff drops back. His first read is not available. He has a 40. Throw out of bounds. A a (laughs) 39.4 QBR rating after that. Uh, I mean, a quarterback has to be able to adapt and figure out what's happening with the defense on a play where your first read is not available within the first, you know, two or three seconds of the play. And Russell Wilson just, I mean, he's just tops in a league at this. It's why the games are so exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. It's why his comebacks are so exciting to watch. It's why he has done so many amazing things over his career that nobody expected him to do in the moment, but yet somehow he's able to do it. And now we have a stat that measures it. Franny, what team would you like to take next? Steelers or Eagles? Steelers, Ben. Oh, the Steelers. Oh, you got it. Okay, you got the page there. Perfect. I thought you'd be desperate, desperate need of a wide receiver after last year's Juju Smith Schuster not performing to what they thought. Uh, Deontay Johnson, second year player, looks like the Steelers' next great receiver. The Steelers' offense was a wasteland of sadness last year. Ben Roethlisberger was hurt in the first game of the season, leading to a quarterback concoction of Maiden, Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, something that Franny would not mix up as the shot of the week that engineered one of the worst offensive units in the league. Pittsburgh ranked should we do 30. Should we, should we do a Mason Rudolph and, and Duck Hodges shot? It just, but it has to be terrible. I, it, it, it has to be black gold and it has to <laughs> taste like... Like failure? It has to taste like <laughs> failure. It does. It has to taste like it has to taste pretty bad. It has to taste pretty bad. Uh, maybe no aftertaste because, you know, it is no last very long. There's no afterglow <laughs> There's no if afterglow. you don't succeed. Yeah. We should do one. Oh, my God. It would be terrible, though. Be like Jägermeister, I mean, we, we, uh, Kahlua, uh, pineapple uh, schnapps. Maybe some Tabasco sauce or something. You know, a little bit of spice in there just to like make it even worse because we had that one disgusting yeah. spicy one. That, yeah, but I, I, I actually could, like that spicy one. You know, we should whip something up for the, right. uh, the terrible QB duo oh, shot. They definitely deserve it. Uh, Pittsburgh ranked 31st in points per drive last year and 30th in yards per drive because Mason Rudolph was afraid to throw the ball more than five yards. However, there was a sign of life in last year's offense from hell. Even the Steelers' struggles moving the ball. Rookie wide receiver Deontay Johnson showed that he has the skills to be an impact receiver starting in this league. Johnson finished second on the Steelers receiving with six second was 680 yards and five receiving touchdowns, led the entire team. 
Uh, Pittsburgh had a strong track record of finding stud wide receivers in the draft. Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders, Antonio Brown, and finally Juju. Uh, although we do cut them loose when they want their money. Uh, Johnson looks to be next in line. 680 yards and five touchdowns aren't eye-popping numbers, but the situation has to be considered here. Pittsburgh just couldn't find a way to generate consistent offense all season, and it wasn't able, and it was only able to manage eight wins because of its punishing defense. Isn't that sad? Mm-hmm. They say that Steelers' offense was 30th and 31st in a league in yards per drive. They were a pathetic offense, and yet they had the same record as Dak Prescott's Dallas Cowboys. But he wants $40 million. <laughs> Any player that showed life wow, you're, you're in that offense should be labeled a Prescott hero. Hater. I mean, even way worse than me. Well, because it's ridiculous. I mean, Steelers were eight eight. Yeah, they were eight and eight, and they didn't play in a, a division. They had the Baltimore Ravens in their division, and the Cleveland Browns with Baker Mayfield and those receivers in that division. I mean, Dak Prescott had the Eagles, and then he had the Redskins and the Giants. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Johnson was the only Steelers receiver that had a chance to win the precision route running against outside corners. Even though he was playing next to star receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, he often looked like the Steelers' most talented receiver. Yeah, that's true. Pittsburgh really leaned on him to close the season. Johnson Johnson averaged 64.3 receiving yards over the final four games of the season with scrub quarterbacks. I really hope <laughs> this story is true, Fran. I would say. I mean, I hope so as well. But I mean, I, I paid. I mean, I didn't pay as much attention to Johnson as I was to Juju Smith-Schuster because I really thought Juju was the next up-and-coming uh, wide receiver superstar for that team, uh, and he he is. I mean, he, he does play very well when Roethlisberger's on the field, but when he has Rudolph throwing the ball or Doug Hodges throwing the ball. He's not the same guy. I mean, even Antonio Brown wasn't the same guy when he had somebody else throwing the ball other than Roethlisberger. Um, but for Johnson to show up and play the way he did with the terrible quarterbacks, then that is definitely a positive sign that maybe this guy potentially will be better than Juju. But if Juju can play the same way as he did before and Johnson plays at a higher level, that's a pretty good duo right there for Roethlisberger this upcoming season if he can stay healthy. I hope so. And I truly, truly hope so. Uh, Roethlisberger does like to throw the ball up at the highest point for Juju, something that Duck Hodges and Rudolph struggled to do last year, and that is where Juju likes to have the ball thrown. So it was a little tough on Juju with the quarterbacks last year, but Johnson adapted, and he had a good season. So please, I hope, I hope, (laughs) I hope it's right. But, you know, even with a terrible offense and your starting quarterback going down, still the best record or a better record, a better the same record, yeah. record than same. Dak Prescott and his number three receiving core. Uh, next up or last up, the Philadelphia Eagles. This one is for Frane. Much has been made about Alshon Jeffries' value to the Eagles in light of the huge salary cap hit that the Birds will have to absorb this year. The Eagles have gone or given no timetable for Jeffrey's return. And any time Doug Peterson or Howie Roseman speaks of the talented wide receiver, it's usually about how big of a difference maker he'll be for the team once he's healthy. Uh, Pro Football Focus recently graded out the best wide receivers in the red zone, and Jeffrey was number two in the NFL since 2017, despite not playing a full season since then. Uh, with analysts and experts at a standstill about what the Eagles will do with Jeffrey moving forward, uh, deep throat, Alshon Jeffrey moving forward, they present three stats that will value the bird, that, that will, uh, value him to the birds and make the case for Roseman and company keeping him. Number one, Jeffrey is among the most targeted wideouts in the league in any 
situation. According to PFF, a lot of wide receivers are targeted from the slot or outside or on certain downs. Jeffrey is number 10 in the NFL in the last three years in overall targets, regardless of where they are and where he lines up. Number two, Jeffrey has a high usage rate. The, the Eagles love Jeffrey when he's in the lineup. He's a player that Carson Wentz looks to early and often. According to his player profile, Jeffrey's usage rate in the last year, even when banged up, suggests that the Eagles star dictates coverage when he's on the field. Opening things up for Zach Ertz, Jeffrey's snap share or percentage of total teams of offensive plays was in the top 50 in the NFL despite 10 missed games. He had only played six games and he was in the top 50. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeffrey's average plays run per minute were among the tops in the NFL. And Carson Wentz efficiency increases with Alshon on the field. Wentz has a 92.9 QBR when targeting Alshon Jeffrey. Number three, Jeffrey is a red zone and late down monster. Among the highest graded players in the red zone, Jeffrey is number two in the NFL in third and fourth down targets. That over the last three years, that is yep. fucking amazing. No, I mean he's been a great player for the Eagles. It just seems like he's not happy to be there, though. I mean, it seems like they put him in a position to succeed. He's he's throwing the ball often, and, and like you said, he's a great red zone target. He's a big, strong receiver. Something that the Eagles don't really have. A lot of the receivers are miniature. I mean, these guys are <laughs> miniature. I mean, they're not very. I mean, even I mean Deshaun Jackson last year. I mean, whenever I mean. Before he came back to the Eagles, he was—he's a speedster, but he's not the kind of guy that's going to create room for himself to catch the ball in the end zone. He's one of those guys that just, you know, runs down the field, he throws the ball. Whereas, um, you know, Alshon, he's—he's he's a little more diverse. He can do so many more things, and I, you know, having him as that red zone threat along with Ertz, along with Goddard, that makes the Eagles so much more dangerous with those three guys in the field. Those are three big bodies that you can throw the ball to. It just doesn't make any sense to me why he's so unhappy. Why? He, you know, he's seemingly unhappy. I'm not sure if these are just rumors, if it's the truth, why he's unhappy in Philadelphia, because when he's on the field, they do try to get the ball to him. Yeah. So I mean, those, stats, those stats are, are sort of eye popping. And I mean, my theory is that Alshon Jeffrey wouldn't be happy wherever he was. You know, he's going to find a problem. You know, he's the guy that, you know, says, I just need this one thing and I'll be happy. Then you give him that one thing. And then, it, you know, then they want another thing. He's not happy. Uh, I feel like he'd be happy or unhappy wherever he goes. I mean, I really hope that Doug Peterson can figure out a way to, you know, sort of wrangle in Alshon Jeffrey, get him to be an active, somewhat happy participant he did, he on a, the team because with Whiteside and he Jackson. He signed a contract. Yeah, Whiteside I mean, and Jackson and Jeffrey. I mean, that, and Ertz and Goddard, that is a, I mean, assuming that Goddard can avoid, but, you know, avoid getting cold cocked mm -hmm. in bars in, you know, for the next few weeks. Uh, well, you see during, the video? Yeah, I saw the video. That was a dirty hit. Yeah, that, of course. He's getting prosecuted, too. Yeah, yeah. He was actually from out, I think he was from the East Coast, the guy that hit him. I, he I, was from Florida, I think. Oh, really? I wonder, maybe a Cowboys fan, who knows? But, that I mean, it, I mean, it takes a lot of guts. Angry to, how terrible it, their team it, is. It takes, a, it takes a lot of guts to hit a guy that's that big. I mean, to hit yeah. a tight end in the NFL. Well, you got to sneak up on him. You yeah, can't do I mean, it, he you can't do it straight up. up. He did sneak up. I mean, it, I mean, it seemed like he was sort of pushing some people, but, I mean, that was just a blindsided hit. And he went down. I mean, yeah. the guy belongs in the UFC. Well, whoever it was. But if you hit, some, yeah, I mean, but I if know, you hit but somebody but when they don't know, it's uh, well, I could, I could not got her out. I, I you mean, give me twenty I, chances, and I, I wouldn't be able to knock him yeah, out. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, my reach is probably not that good. I no. mean, because like, he's he's a, he's not a small guy. He's he's pretty tall. Uh, but. but yeah, I mean, hopefully, I mean, with that receiving core and Goddard and Ertz and Jackson, if he can stay healthy, and Whiteside, if he can play, you know, better yeah, this year. Boston Scott, you know, Clement. 
um, that running game, I it looks like a powerful offense, and Jeffrey is the key to driving defenses crazy. I no, think no, if you it, take Jeffrey away from that offense, yeah. I think it'll be a lot easier for defenses to game plan against mm-hmm. him. Yeah, no, definitely. I completely agree with that. And you know, I've, I've always liked it. I mean, even when he was in Chicago, I, I appreciated his type of play. I like I liked tall, strong receivers, which oh, is yeah. something and that he looks they, like he's moving in slow Eagles, motion, even they, though everyone exactly. else is moving at regular speed. And and and, and the Eagles like that. The wide receiver, I mean, tight end position, no. But the wide receiving core is not very tall. There are a lot of speedsters on that team, but that's all they have is speed and no strength. He's the one guy that brings that to the team. The fireworks are here. Uh, yeah, I agree. And hopefully they can do something. I mean, hopefully, you know, Peterson can work his magic or Roseman can work his magic or they can get a sports psychologist in there to work their magic. But he is too valuable to that team, mm-hmm. given the other pieces that they have. Yeah. Uh, to not, you know, to not have him happy, productive and a member of the team for 16 full yeah. season or 16 full games this season. Yeah. All right, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is the feel-good story. I'm so excited. All right. Every you can hear the excitement in my voice. single week, <laughs> we tried to bring you a story, a feel-good story. There's so much news. Ezekiel Elliott's dogs and God are getting punched in the face. And are they going to play? Are they not going to play? You know, this guy got arrested. This guy's in prison. This guy, you know, whatever. Antonio Brown, for God's sakes, is a, a weekly story uh, in the NFL news. So we're trying to find some nuggets of happiness, some good stuff from former and present NFL players. And that is what we call our feel good story. And this week we have Daryl Jackson of formerly of the Phil or formerly of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, people and organizations from across the region joined hands to drive through free meals in Sterling, Virginia this past Saturday, including Lower Loudon Boys Football League founding Farmers Restaurant and the Sterling Youth Foundation and its founder, former NFL player Daryl Jackson. Catch a Meal was organized by April Taylor, founder of the SVE firm, a strategy firm. Jackson, who played wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, San Francisco 49ers, sorry, and Denver Broncos, once held a Seahawks record for receptions in a season, is one of her clients. Uh, and after he she had the idea, Taylor said, soon as I posted and started talking about it, so many people wanted to get involved. And the program brought together a broad group of people. Uh, founding Farmers General Manager Eric Stumpa said the restaurants got involved through a last through last call, a company dedicated to fighting food waste and hunger through offering affordable meals for local restaurants. Last call founder Eric McGeoy said he was excited with Jackson and the Sterling Youth Foundation, as we share the same belief that if you need food, you should be able to access it. No questions asked. It's important for those of us who have the ability to help others to come together to reach as many people as we can, Jackson said. In addition to cooked meals from Founding Farms through Last Call, volunteers also handed out fresh produce from Prince William Food Rescue, diapers and non-perishable meals provided by the Loudoun County Sheriff's Office, uh, Eastern Loudoun Station, and other COVID-19 supplies, thanks to PJ Santiago, president of Santiago Team and KW Capital Properties. Seeing what's going on around the world today, we just decided to do our part, Jackson said. It was only the first catch a meal, Taylor said. 
Our Taylor and the are said the event will continue through the summer. The event Saturday afternoon saw steady traffic. It's just three o'clock and they already have and they only have two pallets of food left and they started out with nine at two o'clock. So don't tell me there's not a need, Taylor said at the event. What I'm seeing is that society needs everybody to throw in a helping hand, said NFL Players Association, D.C. President Ricky Ray. As long as people are in need, we're going to try to service them the best way possible. As long as we have our partners with us and they're able to provide us with meals and provide and produce, we're going to do this as long as possible, Jackson said. Frane, what say you about Daryl Jackson helping feed and clothe and diaper the people of Loudoun County, Virginia? It's a great story, Ben. It's a great story. Like every week you bring these to us and to everybody uh, listening around the globe. There's some good news out there. And thank you very much, Ben. Thank you. It's not just <laughs> I'm all. I'm just looking at my cell phone. It's there not all <laughs> Antonio Brown madness, folks. Daryl Jackson, formal, Chicken. former Seattle Seahawks wide receiver doing just amazing work. The gram. That's yes, all. The, insta- the gram. Can I get your Instagram? I'll give you my phone number. No, I want your Instagram. Okay. Love the music. Oh, the music is good. Yes. Excellent choice. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our shot of the week. Oh, we have our drinking portion of the show. We finished up the NFL football portion. We are moving into the drinking. We will have a shot of the week. We will have a brown taste this week, a scotch, and we will have a beer review. So hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with our shot of the week. All right, and we are back with our shot of the week. Like Ben mentioned earlier, this is our drinking portion of the show where we sample a shot, a beverage, and also a beer. And first up, we have our shot of the week, which is similar to last week's shot. Last week was a little bit of a take on the Sex on the Beach cocktail. We made a shot out of it. This week, it is a very similar shot, is inspired by the summer season and it is dubbed the sex on the peach it is peach (laughs) in color it is concocted with vodka malibu rum orange juice and some cranberry juice so ben the color is beautiful uh we also have the uh the orange sort of uh sparkle on top it's sort of like the the uh sugar crystals basically that are you know orange in color but uh it is a nice looking shop and you got one right there on the table i do and i'm sure it's gonna be sweet i'm sure it's gonna be tasty just like last week's we're just missing uh, a little bit of the whipped cream on top yeah put your kids away i should say put your fucking kids away <laughs> we are into the drinking portion of the show frane and sonia have dubbed this the sex on the peach. There are a lot of different ways your brain can go with that one. Uh, some of them less than optimal. So that is not where we're going with this shot. Uh, but Friday does this every single week, folks. He comes up with an original shot for our show every single week. Uh, and this is, you know, 75 or 76 
uh, shot of the weeks yeah, did, in we a row. We, we started start doing with the it. shots. I think we, it was like maybe the first. I can't no second or third episode. I can't remember exactly when we. I mean, I haven't listened that far back. I don't usually listen to our episodes once they're recorded. I know you do, Ben. Yeah, uh, someone but, has to. <laughs> but but yeah, seventy eight episodes in, so we have you know quite a few shots that we've concocted on the show, and yeah. the worst ones was when I wasn't here with yeah, you, exactly. and so I was purposefully going out of my way to come up with shots that had rum because I know you love rum, but tequila, Jagermeister, and rum with a little Bjork blue curacao. How does that taste? <laughs> but tonight, this does have rum, but it's not the same <laughs> right. typical. You know, run-of-the-mill rum. It is coconut rum. It's sweeter. Uh, but the vodka is something me and you aren't always a big fan of. Yeah. I mean, when I drink vodka, I just get really stupid. I don't know what it is. I mean, they say that, you know, uh, the type of alcohol that you drink um, doesn't make your level of uh, drunkenness any any better or worse. I feel I don't more comfortable I don't drinking it. a brown than I do a clear liquid. Oh, for sure. But the that's only what time- they say. The only time in my entire life where my car did not end up at my house, but rather in someone else's front lawn. A long, long time ago. A long time ago. I mean, we're talking... Ben's been around for a while. We're talking 30 years ago. (laughs) uh, It was on vodka. It was the vodka was the the only... Culprit. That was the culprit right there. That was the culprit right there. (laughs) You you, you became... um, one of those Russian bears. That's yeah. That I mean, it's well. It just makes you. Driving. It makes you want to do things or do things that you wouldn't normally do, sure even if you is. were drunk. Yeah, like, on something I'm else. Not, not sure what it is about vodka that. I mean, when I drink too much of it, I just get really stupid. Whereas when I drink whiskey, scotch, you know, uh, even cognac, cognac, I'm very comfortable. The next day, even when you wake up, you're like, yeah. all right, I'm good. But just but go with on vodka. Oh my god! Yeah, just go on YouTube and watch uh, Russian car accident, <laughs> Russian fail, Russian playground, Russian stunt attempts, and you will see have, what vodka does to you. Yeah, yeah, and and they all taste the same. You know, like there's, you know, so you know, supposedly there's better, higher quality vodkas out there, like I don't know, Grey Goose or whatever. But they're all the same. They all taste the same. They're not aged in any sort of barrel for this or that many oh, yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just. You know, it's made from potatoes, and they slap on some very good brand. Absolute's not any better or worse than, you know, the tower that we have tonight, or yeah, the Tito's, I, or whatever you're drinking. They all, to me, yeah. they taste the same. That's I would why drink we Stoli if I had my way. I would buy the Stoli. We, 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 don't, we don't sip on, you know, vodkas on this show and sample a vodka because you taste one. You taste. They all taste the same. Yeah, I mean, but, I think Stoli is, is, you know, it's fine. You can yeah. buy your Grey Goose, your Belvedere's, your, you know. Whatever athlete, movie star, Chirac is, is, Chirac is, is making a vodka these yeah. days. It's all the same shit. Uh, so, Franny, you want to give this a taste? Let's give it a shot, Ben. Let's give it a shot. A shot, and uh, I'm sure it's gonna be sweet. I'm sure it's gonna be tasty, and I'm sure we'll be happy with this one. Unlike you were for the past whatever how many yeah, weeks you exactly. were doing this podcast by yourself. Ugh. Well, at least you were well, by my yourself. Age, but you, you wake were up hungover. If you have five drinks, or if you have <laughs> fifteen. <laughs> It doesn't. It doesn't matter. But let's give this a shot. All right. Cheers, Ben. Hmm. Ooh. That's good. Actually, tastes more like a screwdriver than I'd expect. That's good. Like. Um, I think it would have been better with Sunny Delight. I think the sunny oh, delight instead of the... because this is actual like orange juice like it's it's you know like basic 
orange juice and and I'm not a huge fan of orange juices on its own because it does kind of remind me of um of a screwdriver. I think a sweeter orange juice, like a Sunny Delight, which is not actual orange juice, but high fructose corn syrup mixed with other it's colorful good enough flavors. good for the astronauts. I think um, that would have probably been better in that. It was okay. I, you know, there's a lot of vodka, actually more than I maybe poured extra vodka in there. To maybe give it less, some flavor? Uh, some a little, some uh, texture? AB, a little bit of ABV. Oh, added or alcohol <laughs> by volume? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't bad though. I mean, I think it was tangy. It was a little coconutty, uh, little sweet, little tangy. Um, I probably should have poured more cranberry juice. I could, Cran- cranberry, yeah, cranberry might have been a little bit more cranberry. Might have been a little bit different. A little bit of a, sou- a little extra sourness to it. It was a little overly screwdrivery. Yeah. So if you're gonna make this at home, maybe a little more cranberry. Uh, but I would definitely recommend this for your summer gathering or mm-hmm. your social definitely, definitely distancing tastes- cocktail night in your front yard <laughs> with your. With your lawn chairs separated by six to eight feet, I would definitely recommend passing a a carafe full of this around. It'd be, it'd be a good cocktail. This is a good cocktail. It would be. Yeah. It would be. And drink yeah. it maybe in a martini glass, or mm-hmm. you know, one. You know, you could. I mean, you could drink anything in a martini glass. Maybe now. a little bit of a sour. Just a little bit of a sour poured in. Oh, yeah. maybe you could throw a little t- little tapatio in there. That actually might have uh, improved that shot. You know, a little bit of extra spice. To it, yeah. I'm learning that as I get older. I'm, I, I like a little tapatio or a little. Um, Do you really? In my shots or the what's that? What's that? Uh, I, I prefer Cholula. <laughs> or Cholula. Yeah, a hot sauce of some kind. They're really pretty much all the same. But that that uh, that hot uh, uh, spice that you put around the rim of the glass. Uh, geez, we the, had it. Uh, uh, tahine. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yes. Tahine actually would have probably That's improved that. Really a little good. bit of tahine on the rim right there. With that would have been because uh, you get the sweet, but also the hot. The sweet, but also the spicy. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Ben. A little bit of, uh, I think there's a little bit of lime zest also mixed in with that. So a little bit of that little sourness to it would have improved that shot because this was a little too um, screwdriver-ish. Yeah, for but, me, I, but for my still, liking. I liked it. So, yeah. But that's, you know, our show. We do this every single week. Friday comes up with a different shot every single week. Not always perfect, but sometimes <laughs> more than perfect. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, is our beverage of the week, the last couple of weeks. Uh, what did we have last week? I can't remember what we had last week. Last week we had It the, was, oh, the Basil the, Hayden's Dark Rye. The Dark Rye that was very sweet. It was... It didn't taste like a rye. It, 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 it didn't have the characteristic flavor of a rye, and we were not very happy with it, and we rated it very low. Not that, not because the flavor was terrible, but because we expected something so much different than what it was. You know, I, I, I rated it a six. I think you maybe rated it a seven, somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah, we thought it was going to be more, uh, have more bite, spice, more spice. Uh, more spice on the more finish. More that, you know, deep rye flavor instead of a deep. Sort of. It almost tasted uh, like um, like, sherry flavor. Yeah, it, 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 it tasted similar to that uh, to the Glen Livet Caribbean uh, reserve sort of yeah reserve uh, than a rye and and you know from a rye you expect that spice and it had almost no spice. I mean, you had to really pay attention to the back that you know the the flavor that the back of your throat to to sort of get that spice. You had to really really pay attention to it. Um, so you know it we was a big rich. Fans of that. Sort of sweet flavor. It was good. It was good. I mean, it was something that you can drink for long periods of time. It was smooth. It went down easily, but it, no, you know, not our cup of tea. But, uh, you know, I, you know, I figured tonight's beverage, uh, you know, it's been a while. Uh, actually, we've only had one other uh, Japanese uh, 
scotch or Japanese whiskey on the show, and it can't be a scotch because scotches are from Ireland or from Scotland. Um, but uh, I figured tonight we should sample this particular whiskey on the show because we haven't had a scotch for a little while. And we also have only had one Japanese whiskey on the show so far. Right. And I figured this one would kind of fulfill both of those. You know, it's a scotch, but it's inspired by Japanese whiskeys. And Ben, I'm sure you have some information for us. I do. This is the Shivas Regal. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> I guess I will try to pronounce the Mizunara. The world's finest and first scotch whiskey selectively finished in Japanese Muzanara Okask. Shivas Mizunara is a perfect marriage of scotch craft and Japanese tradition. This rare oak gives gentle aromatic flavors. The resulting whiskey is wondrously indulgent with a touch of spice. Because blended is better in life and in scotch. This is in honor of the Japanese art of tradition and whiskey making. Mizunara is a rare and unique oak from Japan, which has been used to marry some of this exclusive blend. Franny, this is a really interesting choice. It is an interesting choice. I mean, and that's that's kind of why I selected it. You know, I put a lot of thought and effort <laughs> when I go to Total Wine our local liquor establishment out here. Well, you do. And I, I, kinda, mean, I, kinda I can see you wandering roam. the aisles. I, one of these days, I want to just sort of get a, I roam a the bird's aisles. eye view of you roaming around roam the, the store. And I, and I, I'm going to sit in the parking lot on a Saturday waiting for your and, car to pull in <laughs> and then just follow you around the store. And, and with you wearing a mask, I might not even recognize you. Um, I'll be the guy but, with the camera. <laughs> I'd be like, what's, what's this dude looking Security, at? Why is he looking at? Security. Security. All four. No, but I, I do, I do, uh, you know, roam the aisle with the scotches, the bourbons, the rye, you know, the American whiskeys, the Canadian whiskeys. I, you know, I, I do roam the, I, you know, I skip over the rums completely. There are some, you know, there are sippable tequilas, but, you know, me and you aren't huge fans of tequila to begin with. Maybe we should, you know, get a sippable tequila. We may enjoy it. But we may. Well, uh, it's after eleven. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what they say. You can only drink tequila. But I was, you 11. know, today I, I really, I was kind of stumped. I was wondering what should I get for tonight's episode because you know recently we have tried, you know, that rye. We did try a bourbon. We we've we've, we've tried rye bourbons, uh, scotches more recently. Uh, we haven't had a cognac in a while. I was tempted to go to, you know, grab a cognac because it's been a few weeks since we've had a cognac on the show. Um, but, you know, this particular whiskey caught my eye because it is inspired by Japanese whiskeys. And we've only had one Japanese whiskey on the show. And, and I can't say I'm a huge fan of Japanese whiskeys. Um, you know, they have a nice sweetness to them. They have a little bit of bite on the back, but there's not much complexity to them. They, they, that's basically, from what I get from Japanese whiskeys, is mostly that sort of sweetness, that initial sweetness. Yeah. And it, but then after that, there's not much complexity to it. It's almost like a great tequila. Uh, it, it's, it's so refined and so filtered that really that's sort of the, the pride and joy of a, of a great tequila, of a great, is it really? as far as I can tell. Is it really? Uh, a great uh, <laughs> Japanese whiskey. It's so smooth. 
It's so pure. Yeah, we, we had that one. But it loses a little bit of the flavor, the complexity, and the texture that you would get from something that is not so overly pure and filtered. No, because we had that one on the show. But it's not the only one that I've had. And I can't really say that I've been really enjoyed, you know, Japanese whiskeys. Um, I mean, we'll see how this one tastes. Well, but I, I'm not, not a huge fan of Japanese whiskeys. The nose is supposed to be white peach, toffee-coated pears, and vanilla-rich cream. Subtly nutty. Uh, the palate is supposed to be floral and sweet through hints of baking spices, bringing balance and body. The finish is packed with fruit with a hint of aniseed hiding within. Uh, hey, <laughs> on uh, Master of Malt, this gets a five out of five stars. Oh, it was, and it, it, you know, it was a 93 rating at Total Wine, so I figured it should be good. Because a lot of the Japanese whiskeys don't get high ratings at you know at Total Wine. I mean, they, they might, but at Total Wine, I do don't. look at what how they're rated. Yeah, I mean, and you see the reviews, easy to drink, lovely sweet and floral notes, very little bite, which is great, which is the opposite of us, right? Well, I want to say mean, that. We want a little yeah, bit of bite. Uh, something at the end, yeah, something at the finish. Uh, ambrosia, rich flavor, you know. So My new favorite whiskey is what that person uh, delightful. I wouldn't say. Well, I mean, if you're looking at an Irish whiskey, maybe. Uh, but for a Japanese whiskey or for a, a Scotch whiskey, generally speaking, I would say go to the Isla. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking at that review right there. Uh, the wood and vanilla. I don't get the wood, but just well, sounds like a personal, it. I mean, it, sounds it, like a personal does, problem there. It. <laughs> I mean, I, I get a lot of vanilla. I get more sweetness than yeah. you might get from you know other scotches. I mean, the smell is pretty, I mean, the nose is pretty, it's pretty. It's kind of bland. There's not yeah, much I to it. Say, yeah, uh, I, I mean, would say bland. I mean, you get. It's very. It's sweet. Standard. Sweet. And you get a lot of vanilla. And I'm not getting the wood. I'm not getting a lot of that. I get vanilla. I get a little bit of the, I get a little spirity type of, you know, a little spirity. See, I'm, yeah, I'm not getting that though. I get a little oak, maybe a little oak on the nose. Tiny bit of raisin. <laughs> yeah, because you can find raisin and peanuts in anything. Uh, you know, you get a little bit of that in there. Uh, but Ben, cheers. Here we go. You know, the the smell is not very complex. Let's see how it tastes. I'm not getting the peach, the pears, or the... That, I, I mean, get vanilla, yeah, I mean, but I don't get the nuttiness. I get a little maybe, oak, maybe actually. Some, maybe some plum, but... There's actually more spice. Um, than I expected. There's more spice. Got some spice. Baking has, spices, which is nice. It has a little bit Especially of on the mid bite on the back of the throat. You get that sweetness, which is characteristic of, you know, most Japanese whiskeys that I've tried. Um, but it's not exciting. It's crazy light, though. I mean, it's very, it is, very it light very, in the mouth. Very light in the mouth. Very soft. There is not much creaminess at all to speak of. Not, I'm, I'm not getting much. I, mean, it's like, I don't it's get just, the, goes, the the. I don't get the sweetness or the the flowers. I get more of the baking spices mm-hmm. on the on the palate. If I'm being honest, I don't get the floralness or the sweetness on the on the taste on my palate. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's good, it's easy to drink. But if you're looking for something that's 
you know, complex that has a lot of flavors. I like the, I like the that, spice that though. Kind of it's got good spice. It's good. I mean, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a good amount of spice. You know, throughout the mouth. I mean, you're like, on the tongue, on the front of the tongue, on the back of the tongue, you're getting spice all throughout, and it has that little bit of kick on the finish. But that's pretty much all you're getting. I mean, I'm not getting a, a ton of you know flavor from this. I didn't expect that. But at, you know, rated as high as it was, I expect a little bit more. I don't get the anise, which which kind of tastes like I think it tastes like fennel or licorice. Like, do you get that on the finish? No. Anise. Hmm. I mean, the color is nice. It's it's. Oh yeah, light. we didn't talk about the color. It's got a perfect color. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 essentially a copper. You know, it's a light copper. Not not as light as you would get from some scotches. Not as light as you would get from a lot of Japanese whiskeys, actually, or Japanese scotches, Japanese whiskeys, I should say. Yeah, I mean, I the other Japanese whiskey that I think I had was much lighter than this in the glass. Yeah, the one, yeah, the one that we did um, sample on the show might have been about twelve or thirteen weeks back. Um, that one was also, I mean, it was light and airy. You know, not much flavor to it. It was um, an easy sipper. I mean, you can, you know, like just like this one. I mean, it's, it's very smooth. You know, throw it back, and you can drink a lot of it. But as far as enjoying the complexity, not not much. Just like this one, not too excited about this one. Yeah, and it's right at eighty percent. You know, right at uh, or eighty proof. Hmm. Eighty percent might have a little more extra kick to it. <laughs> yeah, that would be more like a that would be more like a rakia. <laughs> yeah, the the homemade or a real moonshine. the homemade a moonshine. real moonshine. Um, but I mean, it's it's it is definitely enjoyable. Um, is it better than the regular Shivas? I would say so. Oh yeah, I'm not. It, a, I'm it, not it, it can taste the quality. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a, Whether I'm not I like a, the flavor, or I'm not. not a huge fan of you know Shivas uh, to begin with. Um, but with this particular offering, I would give this a seven out of ten on our rating because you know it's, it has enough flavor there. It is better than some of the other uh, Japanese whiskeys that I've sampled. Um, but it's not you know it's not spectacular. It's not you know it's not going to knock your socks off. But if you want something to sit back, relax, and sip on, if you want a cigar, I think I think you'd be happy with it. Yeah, I'm going to give it a six. On quality. I could tell it's quality. I could tell that there was a lot of work that went into this. And not only the ingredients, but the... I can tell it was quality, but I'll give it a six <laughs> on process. quality. <laughs> you know, it, it's got that quality. It just lacks the flavor. It lacks the spices. It lacks the complexity on the palate. And it lacks, you know, a little bit of something on the nose it's as soft. well. I mean, I mean, there's, there are some folks out there that might enjoy that. I mean, there are some folks that might look for something... That, oh, for sure. You know, within that taste profile. And if you like something soft that goes down easily where it's not too complex, you just want it with your cigar, you might like that. But I want a little something extra. Yeah. And I need that personality. Something that gives me like it's a friend, like it's a, a person that I saw on the street that I haven't seen in a while. And I taste it. I'm like, ah, oh, you want a relationship. That's funny. You want, okay, you want, now I remember you want that relationship. Yeah, I want with, a relationship and it doesn't like you had you know, with the art bag. Yeah. You and that art bag texted back and forth for months. Yeah. I mean, and we went on 90 day fiance, you know, we got the H one visa. It came over. We, you know, we fell out of love. 
a little bit later on because I met the Yuga doll, which was yep. a little bit better. So I started texting with the Yuga doll and, and the Yuga doll and I are still trying to come up with a time that we can meet. Um, but yeah, this is, it's, it's, it's high quality for sure. It just lacks, it, it's, it's very, it's, it's like that tequila that's, it's like that really good, clear tequila you taste. Mm. Yeah, it's good, but it's not something that you would drink every night or something that you would want around every night. But I can see how people would like it mm-hmm. um, because it's certainly of high quality. It, it certainly has uh, a nice accompanying type of feel. It accompany a meal, it would accompany a cigar, as Franny mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would, I, I'd give it a six. I mean, it's smooth. It's very smooth. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I would drink it. I would put it on the table and drink it anytime. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, so easy to drink, but if you want something to enjoy complexity, it's just not there in this one. Yeah. Well, we give you our honest reviews. We don't give everything a nine or a 10. Uh, sometimes Franny and I disagree wholeheartedly, but typically we're pretty close. Uh, but this is one of those well, rare what, occasions where I, in fact, decided to give it a lower rating than Franny, which is pretty rare. Uh, but yeah, so I'm a six. Franny is a seven. What's next up on the big board? Before we move on, Ben, oh, pour a little bit of that Foster's in my glass right here because we're moving on to the beer portion. But let me just get a little bit of this Foster's because I did try. Are you sure you want to taste week, it? It's been sitting there for a while. The champagne of beer last year, which well, last week, which I wasn't. It still a huge got head after about an hour. It sitting actually in that does. Glass. It actually, I mean, the, it has a lot of head. The color the is really nice for that Foster's. Let me just give it a shot. That's not a knife. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's better than the Millers, than the Miller, the Millers, the Miller, <laughs> the Millers. It's a movie I think with uh, Jason Sudeikis in it. That was a good movie, by the way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're the Millers. Yeah. Um, but it's. I mean, I'm sure if it was a little bit colder, you know, it would be better. But nothing spectacular. What would you give it? A five. Oh, it's better than the three you gave to the Miller. <laughs> yeah. Next week, we're going to do PBRs, I think. It is. Uh, if you want to grab it, Ben, if you want to grab the PBR, we'll try the PBR. And eventually, you know, we should have a taste test with the Miller, the Fostas, uh, and PBR, and all those, you know, run-of-the-mill. Coors. Coors, yeah. You know, Bud Light. We should just, you know, do five uh, regular, you know, beers that you can find anywhere around. Well, I don't know if you can find Fosters all over the place, but um, pretty much, but, yeah, probably. But it's 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 they're definitely not highly rated beers, but we can definitely oh, yeah. do a taste test on you know beers that are very common, but just not highly rated. Yeah, I mean, and then we can do like the like the lower like Grolsch and <laughs> like the lower level sort of your like Grolsch, Heineken. Pilsner, like the lower level yeah, European beers. Amstel, yeah. Uh, because I remember when Coors, you know, finally made its way to the East Coast. That was a big deal. Like in the early nineties, I think Coors finally was was released. Was it really? Yeah. To be, we never could get Coors on the East Coast. For real? Yeah. It was like illegal, or uh, they never they never had a distributorship. Some something was going on, hmm. and then we finally got those Coors, those little bottles that they have, those little mini bottles, and we thought it was the best thing ever. Uh, but it's you know it's pretty average beers from not a particularly you know, a company that wouldn't be well thought of today, uh, given the ownership back then. Uh, but it was, it, you know, it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, but I'm trying to get back to my roots. This is a get back to your <laughs> roots summer. So we'll see what we have next week. Maybe PBRs, 
Maybe just straight up Budweiser next week. Hey, why not, Ben? Get a twelve pack for. I've actually six ninety nine. I've had Budweiser. It's funny because I've 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 had Bud Light here. I've never had Budweiser, the regular Budweiser in Europe. I've had their version of Budweiser. Uh, so you know, if you do, uh, you know, get a six pack of Budweiser, I'll I'll sample that as well. Yeah, I know for sure. I do not like Bud Light. I've had it many times. <laughs> I just do not like it. I like it, uh, but more, I do like Budweiser. I like it more than the Miller last week. Uh, yeah, the Bud product's probably a little bit better than the yeah, Miller. I, I'd say so. All right, so Friday comes in at a seven. I come in at a six. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our beer of the week. And you mentioned it last week, the Rattler. And I went out and I found a Rattler for you and we'll grab it from the cooler. And he didn't get bit. All right, <laughs> well, hold hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with our beer review of the week. All right, and we are back with our beer of the week, and it is the Stiegel Radler grapefruit uh, flavored beer. Ben, I know that well, I can't say you're a huge fan of Radlers. Uh, you mentioned it last week. I, I wasn't do like sure. Them, I, was, I, I, was, I wasn't sure if you were a fan or if you're just remembering, reminiscing about our trip probably from last since summer. I've been trapped inside uh, for the last four months. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And so, you know, since we probably won't be going anywhere on vacation, we have to bring it to ourselves, Ben. And so, we have this other Austrian offering, the Stiegel Radler. The Stiegel. Here we go. <laughs> that stop. Oh, there it goes. This is allegedly, you know, Austrian folk music. It it looks like it. This is the Stiegel <laughs> Rattler. Like the Stiegel Rattler grapefruit quenches your thirst and has a wonderfully fruity grapefruit aroma. It 100% natural ingredients, 0% artificial sweeteners and coloring agents. Stiegel Rattler grapefruit is the perfect low alcoholic beverage for calorie conscious consumers no matter if you are around on two wheels or two legs uh this is uh, let's see it's, it's i'm not even sure if it's considered a beer it's like uh it's almost like a, an alcoholic juice <laughs> it's two percent alcohol yeah. by volume oh you could drink a lot of these and it's sm- i mean smell it man it smells like not like a beer. 2%? Yeah. Is it really 2%? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's like 2.25% on the bottle. It's citrusy. It's Is very... Is that even possible to make a beer that's 2.25%? Very citrusy. I like, I like the music, by the way. Let's see what their, uh, their own website has to say about this particular beverage. That's interesting. 2.25%. It says, real grapefruit juice gives this delicious, deliciously refreshing Rattler its amber, natural cloudiness and a pleasant tangy taste. The refreshingly fruity taste makes Stiegel Rattler grapefruit a wonderful thirst quencher. All right. 2%. Yeah. 40% Stiegel Gold Brew is the ingredient, 60% fruit soda. It's a Rattler. Uh, tips for drinking: Ideal serving temperature, six to eight percent or six to eight degrees Celsius. Ah, uh, forty-three to forty-six percent Fahrenheit calories. Thirty-three it says calories only, per, only thirty-three per one hundred milliliters. Really? 
Okay. Oh, this sounds like a, a thirst. This this sounds like something that you could drink around the pool all day at 2%. Definitely. God, it smells good. It smells actually. It smells delicious. It's sweet. It's citrusy. Almost, it, it, it smells like a, a grapefruit juice, basically. But with a little bit of alcohol. Interesting. Okay, you want to give this a taste? Let's give it a taste, Ben. Cheers to you. Cheers to you. 2%. (laughs) It goes down Uh, like almost, I mean, it tastes good. It's it's sweet. It's definitely sweeter than the Otakringa. Yeah, it is. Um, But (laughs) yeah, the Otakringa, I'm sure, was probably closer to about 4 or 5% alcohol, whereas this one's only 2%, but this was the only, I mean, I'm sure there's other Rattlers on the shelf over there, but this one caught my eye because I know Damn, you were talking it's, about it. It's good, it. though. It's good. I mean, it's good. good. It's very easy to drink. It goes down easily, but if you're looking to get drunk, this is not going to do it. I mean, you might have to get like a 24-pack and drink every single one of them to get a little bit of a buzz uh, because it, it is very light. Wow. 2.25%. Mm-hmm. So a typical American beer is what, like three to four? So this is basically the European White Claw. That's wow. <laughs> what it is. I mean, it goes to, it's like a juice. It's like drinking wow. juice with a little bit of alcohol in it. Um, but the flavor is good. I mean, the flavor is, I mean, it's not. I mean, a, the flavor is really good. I mean, it's not a beer, obviously. There's no. There's almost no head whatsoever to it. It's just an alcohol. But al- it's got a pop. It's, it's, it does have a little bit of pop to it. I mean, it, it's, 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 uh, it's interesting. <laughs> I can't. I can't say I'm, I'm I'm excited about it. I mean, I expected it. I didn't look at the bottle, and you know, I didn't look at how much alcohol there gone. was. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Here, there's a little bit left right there, Ben. <sighs> it's very interesting. No, it's good. Um, eleven point two fluid ounces. I mean. It probably has even less, they shorted you on the bottle too. I mean, it, it, it probably has less sugar than you know a, a twelve ounce Coke. Yeah, you know, I mean, so this is probably healthier than a Coke or a Pepsi would be, and 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 you're getting that sweetness. Um, like you said, Ben, it's only thirty three calories, right? Per one, well, per one hundred milliliters. I, mean, I don't know how many milliliters there are in there though. Uh... Thirty-three. Uh, it's a third of a of a liter. Hmm. So a liter is what? Is it one thousand milliliters? <laughs> yeah. So there's probably a lot of sugar. Or hundred milliliters. <laughs> I don't even know. There's probably a lot more sugar in this uh, than um, than I expected. But it's uh, it's decent. It's good. I mean, it's not bad. It smells great. Tastes great. <laughs> I miss the Otakringer. So I would, you know, what do you think? I mean, for what it is, I, I would, I'd, I'll probably rate it. It's like European soda and beer. Yeah, pretty much. That's 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 what it is. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly what it is. And it's, I mean, I like it. It's enjoyable. It tastes good. I can see myself drinking another one of these uh, if I really wanted to. I mean, I'm probably not, but. Well, you don't have to worry about the alcohol content. Yeah, no, you don't have to worry about that. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd give it a seven. Yeah, I'd give, give it a seven. I'd give it, I'm going to give it, I'll give it a seven. Yeah. I mean, if you love beer and you're looking for a beer, this is probably not the drink you're going to choose. But if, if you want something a little different with a, just a little bit of alcohol that you can sort of drink, it is refreshing. It is crisp. It is something that quenches your thirst. Wow. Very interesting, though. 
Yeah. I mean, it tastes I mean, like grapefruit, it's, it's tastes different. like soda, a yeah. little bit of beer flavor on the finish, a yeah. little bit. A little bit, a little bit. I wish I had a little bit more carbonation. It's a little, f- not. I want to say it's flat, but I, w- I just wish it had. A l- it was a little more bubbly than what it is. But it's different than the Rattler I had oh, at, yeah. in Vienna, I think that, right? one, that one had more alcohol. I think that was more of a beer with a little bit of less juice added to it. This one is more juice and a little bit of beer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I remember that that Rattler, you know, I've tried some of the, you know, I, the Croatian Rattler, the Kudlovačko Rattler, uh, which also tasted more like beer, a little bit less like juice. This one is more juice, less beer. Interesting. How'd you like the Karlovacko Rattler? Not really that great. <laughs> <laughs> but you gave it a seven. This one, yes. This one I do. Ooh. I mean, I already drank two... Yeah, you, it's, these, it's, you could like you eight could, ounce glasses of it. You, you could drink, yeah, you could drink these easily, like all day. Yeah, I wonder if it's actually dehydrating no, I, I, or not. You know, and, and if it's the opposite, it's actually hydrating. Yeah, I mean, Sonia was out here for a second, and she said, right when I said grapefruit beer, she automatically said no. no. But if, I think if she tried it, I think it almost tastes like a pink lemonade yeah. with a little bit of beer. It's good. Yeah, I mean, it's good. I give it a seven. If you're looking for a Rattler, uh, I would definitely pick this up. Look for one with a little bit higher alcohol content. I'm sure maybe. There are. Um, but yeah, I'd give it a seven. Mm-hmm. All right, Franny. All right. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, man, is our housekeeping to finish up the show. Oh, the saddest part of the show. Uh, this is Thirst and Goal Podcast, a show about football, fun, fun friends, <laughs> whiskey, and beer reviews. Throins. Please head over to our website at thirstygold.buzzsprout.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes. You can get links in our show notes to all the stories we cover, all of the browns and the beers that we review. You can get links to all the podcatchers. You get links to Apple Podcast, links to CastBox, CastBox. Pandora. Please, please, please check us out on Pandora. We're on Pandora as well as Spotify and all the other podcatchers out there. Please, please, please leave us a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Look for that leave a review button and push it and tell us how awesome we are. Five stars. Five stars. You can email us at podcastthirstygoal at gmail.com. If you look in the show notes, there's a telephone number down there as well. You can call us and leave us a message. You can follow us on Franny's amazing Instagram not, not account at Thirstand and on Ben's mediocre Twitter it's account. It's better than Instagram. Goal Thirst. <laughs> and you can check out all of our amazing, especially Franny's amazing photography of the shots, the browns, the beers, and everything else we do, as well as our taste tests. We're due for a taste test soon. Franny, anything else to add before we tell our fans adieu? Nothing to add, Ben, but thank you so very much to everybody out there that tunes in and listens. Absolutely. And again, your homework assignment, tell a friend, a relative, a stranger, someone you love, someone you hate. Tell one person this week about our show. Get them to subscribe and listen. We would truly, truly appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. 